For someone who travels weekly, hotels, they get boring pretty quick. They're lonely, crowded, you know, just, I want to find something more fun. So on tour, we started seeing a lot in Airbnbs. Uh, you know, I did my special taping in Phoenix uh, in 2021, and we had a Airbnb then, and it was just so much fun. I mean, it's honestly a lot cheaper, too, is what's crazy. Um uh, just so much more space. They have full homes. I mean, it's, you can, you know, easy to cook stuff, easy to, you just feel like you're at home. Uh, did you know you could also be my next Airbnb host? And uh, I mean, in fact, my tour manager, Travis, recently started hosting his place on Airbnb. Uh, he says it's a great way to make extra money while we are on the road this summer, uh, since his home would be just sitting empty. It's a great idea to host while you're away if you have some upcoming travel plans this summer. Uh, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, folks. Welcome to the Nate Land Podcast. Sitting with Brian Bates, Aaron Weber, as always. Uh, shout out to our sponsor from the makers of Helix, the most comfortable mattress ever. Comes all form, easily customizable sofas, armchairs, love seats, and more. All form delivers directly to your home with fast, free shipping. You can assemble all the furniture yourself in minutes, no tools needed. Right now, All Form is offering 20% off all orders for our listeners at allform.com slash Nate. That's 20% off all orders at allforms.com slash Nate. Also, hello, folks, to HelloFresh. We like HelloFresh since we are so busy. It makes the dinner decision easy a few days a week. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Nate16 and use code Nate16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. That is HelloFresh.com slash Nate16 and use code Nate16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. And finally, there's nothing quite like the feeling of gathering on a warm fire on a cool evening in a smokeless fire pit from Solo Stove. Makes your outdoor moments even more memorable. Sh uh, shop Solo Stove's holiday sale for huge site-wide savings now through the end of the year and get $10 off the promo code NATE plus a lifetime warranty and a free 30-day return. Get an extra $10 off holiday deals at solostove.com promo code Nate, welcome everybody to the Nate Land Podcast. We're also sitting here, the very funny, the lovely, <laughs> the real deal, Leanne Morgan. Welcome. Thank you. So this is, Mate. this is it. Uh, this is it. And this will be Thank the thing you. that changes your career. <laughs> uh, I can fail it. Maybe for the worst. <laughs> you know, who knows? Oh my darling. Well, I got to tell you that. I do. I feel like this gives me street cred. <laughs> I feel like I'm legit now. And I also want to say that I tormented little Brian, worried him to death. When y'all were talking about the Bell Witch, I felt very left out and very, um, I, well, I just thought, what do they mean they're talking about the Bell Witch and not having me? Because I was <laughs> raised in Adams, Tennessee. 
Yeah, that's with the crazy. Bell Witch, I know. And so when I saw that, so I you felt- went to, if I read it right, you went to high school with the Bell Witch. Let me get this. <laughs> uh, you- <laughs> My husband says yeah. I'm the Bell Witch. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so anyway, I've always wanted to be on here. I feel very honored to be here. Yes. thank you, my darling. And this is very nifty. Yeah, it's nice. It's a fun little, fun little room. It's exciting. It is yeah. exciting. And all of your, all these have been framed and matted in the same frame. All of mine's in terrible looking frame. And look at all this. It is. It's very nifty. Well, I did it. It was one afternoon. Uh, decided to put them all in frames. <laughs> and it was, uh, I didn't do any of this. So, but it does. It looks like it's a real place. Mm-hmm, it does. It looks like you've accomplished some stuff. Yeah. And you're, you know, you put yeah. on a show. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's all, you know, you're like, I did something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They'd be all right. I don't know. This all wasn't a lie. <laughs> we get a lot of comments about the set. It's they like, like it. Oh yeah, people yeah. love it. and They love analyzing what's behind us, and just like the Seinfeld set, they pick out little things that they spot and yeah, talk about. We need it. to switch. Yeah, we're starting to switch some of it out. I don't know what we need to do. <laughs> uh, let's start with some of your comments. So we read the comments. Your uh, the that we get. Okay. They're all very pleasant, usually saying how great we are. And Donuts Dolls, how do the video guys not get their giggle boxes turned over? Do they ever laugh at you guys? I know they are professional, but my gosh, it has it's to be hard for them to keep it together while they film y'all. Yeah. What's up? Yeah. Y'all don't no, care. We're laughing, just not loud enough for you to hear. They said, if you didn't hear it, he said it's it's not his cup of tea. <laughs> and yeah, no, they I see y'all laughing. They yeah, they sometimes. laugh. They yeah, laugh. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they don't laugh loud. Uh-huh. You do need to be professional. They yawn sometimes too. Yeah, <laughs> they leave most of the show. Uh, that would be great if that no one was there. We were like, no one's there. Yeah, and that's the main. Uh, now they y'all do very well. And y'all laugh. And it's nice when you see you laugh. You and know? I can tell they've got a sweet spirit, both of them. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. My mm. name. Mm. Curtis B., has there, has there been any thought about selling autographed copies of the show notes that everyone used during an episode? Maybe support a charity or something. Sort of like how people sell autographed copies of scripts for movies or TV shows. Being a big, as big of a Nate Land fan as I am, getting a signed copy of the notes from the next court North Carolina episode would be kind of neat. I don't know how the logistics of how something like that would work. Just a thought. Looking forward to seeing Nate and whoever else is on the bill in Durham next March. Uh, yeah, I mean, you sell them, maybe give Brian straight cash. Uh, <laughs> I already been selling them. You're the <laughs> underground. <laughs> this is like an option. Like, you're going to be the charity. Like, uh, where's this charity going? The human fund. Uh, it goes to helping humans. Money for people. Money for people. <laughs> Uh yeah, I mean we yeah, I mean, if someone wanted to buy them, I mean, I'd just send them to you. How do you figure a way to get them to you? I'd, just you, email me directly, and if you send me some money, I'll I'll make you as many copies as you want. Yeah, <laughs> we're I'll, we're sign them. Yeah, got to give got to give Bates straight cash for his baby. <laughs> He's got to pay for this baby. I know, I know. You know, you go write him a check. The doctor it's you coming write up. The doctor a check. Just to get my checkbook out. Did we write a check. I think we might have wrote a check for something. No, I did a credit card. I think I should try to do it as a joke. When you have a baby, and maybe you can jump in on this. Uh, when you have a baby, don't you pay for it like in the room? You, I think we paid her a credit card or you write a check. That you I, pay the hospital. You might have been busy doing other things. I was busy birthing. So Chuck Morgan, I guess, I probably paid um, your deductible, right? And then, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
because we're not That's gypsies. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, he didn't have to pay out of pocket. If I could be anything, I'd be a gypsy. <laughs> I, I I love gypsies. We need to do an episode of gypsies. Can you say gypsy still? I don't still? know. Well, I don't know. know. Oh, Lord, I, can you not say it? I'm a big fan. Leanne just got canceled. I yeah. always loved them on uh, Gilligan's Island. You know, there was always a band of gypsies. Somebody <laughs> coming through. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I dug it. I Yeah, I've always, I've always enjoyed them. Uh, and I would like to be a part of them, is all I'm saying. <laughs> I feel like we should, they should be talked about more in positive terms. Yeah, right, don't right. they? What, I like what they Weren't do. they always on a sitcom? Y'all are younger than me. Hmm. But always on a sitcom in a kind of a covered wagon with Gu- stuff hanging off of it. Gunsmoke? Yeah. Gunsmoke. There were gypsies <laughs> coming through. Gunsmoke. I was a guest. Mm-hmm. I, probably, Bonanza? though. Bonanza. Bonanza. There was probably a bunch of gypsies. Yeah. Uh, Bonanzas, that's such a funny name for a TV show. What does that mean? Does that mean something, or they just made it up? Bonanza? Yeah. Doesn't it mean like an extravaganza, like a party? Oh, it does? I thought so. Bonanza. What would that mean for them, though? I mean, they had a good time. Yeah. Well, there was a restaurant, Bonanza. Yeah. And then they lived on the Ponderosa, which is also a restaurant. I think they changed the name from Bonanza to Ponderosa, the restaurant. What does Bonanza mean With for in context of that show? Yeah, I don't know. It's it's a good name for a TV show, Bonanza. I don't know, but for watching Bonanza, it's a situation or event that creates a sudden increase in wealth, good fortune, or profits. So you struck oil or something like that. Yeah, well, they were hoopty do people. They were hoopty do ranch people. Yeah, there you go. They had servants, Mm -hmm. so it makes sense. (laughs) They they had house, Uh and there was a gypsy episode of Gunsmoke. You're yeah. right. There was. Oh, right. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Talking about gypsies and slavery. So, <laughs> oh, getting right murder. into it. Uh, <laughs> uh, you didn't have to say you're from Adams, Tennessee. Uh, Y'all, is that a bad word? No. I'm okay. Joking. Okay. I'm joking. Oh, murder. I'm starting to swing. Oh, murder. <laughs> I, I, we say murder all the time. Thank you. Well, because comics murder. So he's yeah. murdering. So you say murdering. We say it. Nonstop. I was killing. I was murdering. killing, murdering, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Chad Ryden. I'm a big fan of Chad Ryden. Yeah, we we know Chad. Nate, anti-Peyton Manning sentiment is something we have in common. I went to UT at the same time as Peyton. I ran into him on campus two or three more times. And every single time he acted like he was too cool for school. So my attitude toward him changed. I can't tell you the rest of this story without incriminating myself. <laughs> if you, I wish you all knew Chad Ryden because that's beautiful. I just love that Chad. It's just I can picture him. Chad did something to Peyton that Chad did something. Probably would get him arrested. That Peyton remembers and Chad remembers only. I, I, you think like we could get them two in a room together and, and Peyton would be like, or Chad would go, "What, what took you so long?" <laughs> now you're not anti Peyton Manning in general. No, I just wanted to fight him that day, but then he was a big. Why? Well, what happened? I, you know, Vandy. I went to UT <clears throat> when they beat Vandy. Oh, I just was like saying I wanted. You to ran fight into him, him at Gus's Deli. And- yeah, and then he was big. He had a center with him, so he had someone to help protect him. So I wouldn't fight him. Oh, you really yeah. wanted to fight Peyton Manning? It. We barely lost. He ran a stupid naked bootleg. Why would someone <laughs> naked? And what do you say? Naked. Naked. A naked bootleg. <laughs> Dead gummit. Peyton. <laughs> I've met Cooper, but I've never met Peyton. Oh, Cooper introduced me at a UT thing. Oh, he yeah? was darling. 
Yeah, he was cute. We had a chemistry. Uh, Nothing yeah. unbiblical, but I mean, <laughs> yeah, we kind of had a chemistry. Yeah, you yeah, and, and he was cute and yeah. fun, and we had a ball. And I, you know, his brother owns part of the graduate um, hotel chain. Hotel chain. Mm. Yeah, his brother Eli Cooper. Well, yeah, Peyton's brother Cooper. Oh, Peyton's oh, brother, the okay. oldest Coop, the oldest one, Cooper. Yeah, there's three. Yeah, the one that didn't get to play. Yeah, but was but a good ball player. Right. Yeah, yeah and, it, and it's got that boy arch. It's a number one quarterback. Number one quarterback. Yeah. Everybody's wondering where he's going to go. Mm-hmm. I know. I'm excited about him. Yeah, that's fun. I don't think he, I bet he does go to Tennessee. You, you think, think he will? I don't think he goes anywhere they want him to go. Why? Did, Eli went to Ole Miss. Like Ole Miss seems like it runs a little bit. Peyton was the outlier, right? To kind of mm-hmm. go to Tennessee, they're kind of Ole Miss people, and uh, I could see him going somewhere else just to be like, "Why do you want to go? You're chasing this name. Like maybe you want to be like, I'm gonna go do my own thing. Yeah, go to Vandy, blaze your own trail, do your own thing. Come to Vandy, change Vandy. <laughs> Why does he not come to Vandy? That would be dumb if he did it. <laughs> Kai Patrick, Kai K I, I think so, probably right. Kai. I studied Seinfeld in college. I even wrote a paper for a postmodernism class. The episode I focused on was the lo- was the Lost in the Parking Lot episode. They cover a ton of postmodern theory throughout the show. It was the first sitcom that did not have any characters learn a lesson or be a better person from the experiences of their of the episode. Truly a genius show. There you go. What's postmodern mean? I don't really know. There you go. I know. We, let's Google <laughs> I'm that. Lear- I'm learning. Smart they- people listen to y'all. Well, you usually know? Aaron's Post-modern. our go-to guy. Oh, yeah. I think they're – because our it, listeners it are – It means after modern. Yeah. Our, <laughs> uh, everybody that listens to this yeah. is, like, doing real stuff, you know. And working, have, doing. Working. And but you real, could have excelled in college if that was a class. <clears throat> if I could have – if Kai was teaching it, I would <laughs> Seinfeld. Kai. Postmodernism is a late 20th century style and concept in the arts, architecture, and criticism that represents a departure from modernism and has at its heart a general distrust of grand theories and ideologies as well as a problematic relationship with any notion of art. So So would comedians be postmodern? A lot of them are for sure. We would have have a problematic relationship with any notion of art. Like we don't ever consider ourselves in an art. Like if someone, you know, if a comic was like, and sometimes you got to say it because you're like, you're doing an art. Like mm-hmm. you are doing an art. It's an art. Yeah. But if a, if you go, uh, you know, if some if a comic was like, uh, I, you know, I love my art, you would be like, well, you're the worst <laughs> person that's ever existed. <laughs> if a stand-up comic said that, you know, I think I'm doing some of the best art I've ever done, I would throw up. And then I would assume that they're the worst comedian that's ever lived. Right. Leah right. says that to me all the time. Hmm? <laughs> it's an art that you make it up there. Uh, <clears throat> the audience has art. Just the, the, yeah. But like that's what I would think. That's So we are that. So that's why that would be like that because the Seinfeld is Larry David are both that. Mm-hmm. We're not about art. We're not about – it's like just about being – we're stu- We're being stupid. So like, right. just let us be stupid. Don't take us – comics, I don't think, take themselves as seriously as, you know, other people do, like painters or whatever the other arts are. Yeah. Some people would say it's more of a science stand-up comedy because we have a formula for our jokes and we put stuff together. Yeah, but then it would be it would be recreated, and so it's hard to recreate. Like you're you do have a formula when you tell the jokes, but it's you can't like because you're always looking for this system 
because then I'll be going, I can write all I could write for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. If I can figure out the formula and the system to tell a joke, I'll never, I'm good to go. I'll just, I'll write an hour every day Mm because it's like I would know the formula. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you're, it's so specific, the science. Like, I don't think you, well, maybe you don't find it like you would find something in science. Some be, I guess some comics would be, you know. Yeah, sometimes set up punchline. Tag. I think it's more of a fit, you know. Yeah. Like I look at it as like more of a feel. Like I've learned like now where I'm at is you can tell stuff you say is funnier than it. You just know how to say stuff funnier, and so some more stuff you can talk about more stuff because it's just becomes funnier. Because mm-hmm. uh, you know how to be funny, I guess, but you don't know how. You just I don't know. Just, you just sense it. Yeah. But you're, I'm scared for it to go away every day. <laughs> That's the best. I mean, I swear. Wake up every day and you're like, oh, God, it could all be gone. That's how I feel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's over. Mm-hmm. I'll never think of another funny thing. Oh, yeah. Just reading that. Y'all reading that, I just shut down. <laughs> the, the definition. And thought, what are they saying? Are we going to talk about ice cream and cake? Oh, there you go. You're going to yeah. fit in great for this podcast, Leah. <laughs> mm. uh, Matt Hawkins. So I thought I would take a little inspiration from Nate Land when I was asked to give our high school pep rally speech. I am the junior high assistant principal. Mm. So a bunch of that's like the Dwight in the office. Yeah. <laughs> He's oh, the regional manager. Assistant yeah. to the original manager, yeah. <laughs> the junior high assistant principal. So a bunch of these kids already didn't like me from past experiences. <laughs> I thought I'd throw in some humor with a few tasteful jokes about our opponent during my speech. Turns out they didn't think I was nearly as funny as I think I am. It was total crickets, but I told them anyway. I have a new, a newfound respect for what comics do. I will say, oh gosh. I will say though, it was pretty great to find out what it feels like to bomb in front of a thousand people. Man, that's great. Keep up the great work. Yeah, a thousand people. That's tough. Mm-hmm. It's hard. It's hard to bomb in front of that many people. Uh, you know, Brian, you, you probably have something to say on this. Yeah, <laughs> I'd say it's not even that hard. Yeah. <laughs> I do it pretty easily. <laughs> uh, bombing in front of a thousand people, you know, it's tough though in front of four people. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. uh, but I just want to quit. Oh, God. Call yeah, somebody and tell them you're yeah. quitting. Yeah. Yeah. A I, people. I, I had one of those shows this weekend. I, I called Leanne on the way home. <laughs> I know I was in bed with my husband. Yeah. And I said, we're watching a movie. He goes, I need somebody to talk to. (laughs) It was bad. It was very bad. That was in Kentucky? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Won't get any further than that. But, uh, I mean, they did not like me. Yeah. It was office Christmas party. It was one of those where they had no business booking a comedian. Nobody wanted it. Yeah. They had a guy drawing caricatures off to the side. <laughs> they had on the other side one of these photo booths where you push the button to do a different backdrop. And I mean, everyone's having a great time until it's time for the comedian when they have to shut everything down and make everybody go sit down yeah. and listen to me talk to them for what was supposed to have been an hour. Yeah. What'd you do? 40. Yeah. And I got to think everyone thought that was the right decision, including yeah. the lady who paid me. Yeah. <laughs> There, the character, if he had been, when you got done, he drew you a picture of you bombing on stage. <laughs> like, that would have been unreal, dude. If he come in and he goes, I just felt like this. I have a picture. <laughs> it's a picture of you sweating and everybody's just quietly, everybody's people, audience is asleep. Yeah. That'd be pretty funny. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Those are tough. You got to do those. That's what it's about. Mm-hmm. When you do comedy in front of places that don't expect it. They don't expect it. 
and they don't want it. Henry Joe, I worked with him this weekend. He said, whenever they say, don't worry, those people stick around for the raffle afterwards. That's when you know it's going to be a bad show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if there's a raffle, if there's a raffle, or just anything where they have to uh, bribe people to stay. Yeah. The raffle's the keeping them there. Yeah, that's, yeah. yeah when you do colleges right. and they have free pizza, that's like you know, it's like how's the crowd going to be? Pretty good. We are giving pizza out, <laughs> mm-hmm. today. and you're like, oh. And the only reason you have an audience there is because they gave free pizza, and the kids don't, and they they have no money, and they're that hungry that they go sit through your comedy show. See, I never, because I'm a mom, and nobody ever hired me to do colleges. I never went that route, and I always wondered what it was like. I, I always did horrible corporate, private things, yeah. mm-hmm. fundraisers, you know, terrible. I have one that was at Christmas time in Pigeon Forge. It was people that owned cabins. They It was before the economic downturn, and they were so wealthy, and they had all these cabins, and they had Cornish hen on the menu, <laughs> and... um. And they had, they asked me beforehand, they go, do you speak Spanish? And I said, no, I don't. Do you need me to get somebody who can? Because I came from San Antonio, lived down there before um, I came back to Knoxville. And um, I said, I can find you if you want a Hispanic comic. I've got a bunch that I know that would be great. And she was like, no, they need to learn English anyway. (laughs) (laughs) And I get there. (laughs) And it's... Precious Guatemalan people <laughs> and little women with babies standing in the back, you know, rocking a baby and did not know one thing I said. And then a few of the people that were English speaking that felt very uncomfortable. And um, and then so I went through that, sweat bullets, probably got done in a short amount of time. Then um, a man stood up and told everybody about Jesus, yeah. and that was, uh, and in a real hateful way, not in a loving, sweet way, yeah. you know, about sweet Jesus, but mean way. Yeah, you're all going to hell yeah. if you don't accept well, Jesus. Well, they should hear it. They need to learn English. <laughs> they should know where they're going. Yeah, He had some hair tips, and then um, they let me go. But I tell you, I, I think, and Brian talked, and we talked about this, I think at Christmas parties, maybe you should just have music, somebody playing oh, yeah. a guitar, something <laughs> yeah. universal yeah. for everybody that yeah. everybody can enjoy. Yeah. Uh, I agree. You know, Guatemalans don't want to hear about me. My kids do doing on a T-ball field. It yeah. was that long ago. It was that kind of material. Oh. In, they're in Pigeon, pigeon Forts. <laughs> oh. Why are they, you know? Yeah. Don't you know that scared those precious people half to death? I love that. Well, now nah, they learned it anyway. That, that's such a good, that's such a funny thing. To, well, all right. You know, do you speak Spanish? And then just the hassle of trying to get another Spanish speaking comic. It's like they should learn to speak our language anyway. All right, we'll do it. Yeah, we'll shows use on. You. And yeah. I wanted it so bad. I, I had a terrible gut feeling when they said they need to learn English anyway. I had a yeah. terrible gut feeling. But I needed the money, and right. I needed yeah. the gig. Mm-hmm. And I, the whole time I thought, what am I doing here? But anyway, that was years ago. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if those people are still in business. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, they're, uh, what was I going to say? I don't know what I was going to say. I'll move on. I'm doing a Christmas <laughs> party this, this Wednesday. Congrats. And it'll Thanks, be man. so fun. <laughs> What? That was just funny the way yeah. that sounded sarcastic. <laughs> no, congratulations. Congrats. Man. It'll be fun. Yeah. It'll be a good time. Mm. Hopefully, Tim, they'll uh, be drunk. Yeah. <laughs> Tim Agee. Uh, yeah, Tim Agee. I'm a preacher and listen to Nate's comedy advice about putting yourself into the joke instead of making it generic. Really jumped out to me. 
I found the same thing is true on the impact of personal sermon illustrations and getting across the point you're trying to make. I had to slow down on the, <laughs> was like driving through a speed bump. It was like personal <laughs> sermon illustrations. If you turn it into a generic situation, you lose people's attention. But if you tell it with all the uh, per- pertinent, pertinent, pertinent details, you are much more likely to keep, keep people engaged. Keep up the great work. Such a wonderful podcast. There you go. Sweet Tim. Sweet. So we do. We change lives on here. You know? <laughs> He's up there just rambling about who knows. I know. And the he other day told him I saw, how to reach people. Yeah, he goes, the other day, he goes, this could be there's a bunch of people not in here but out there going to help. And he goes, you know what? You're going to He made it specific. He goes, you. And they go, me? And he goes, no, lean lean over. You. Scoot over. Yeah, scoot over it. You. And then everybody's like, everybody listens. He personalized it. He personalized it. Yeah. You guys know I've been talking about this other church that doesn't get it. Guys, it's you. <laughs> he just starts really going hard on his, uh, his own church. You know, every week y'all hear me talking about this uh, church, and you're like, man, it's just a bad church to go to. Well, it's always been about you, and I just never personalized it. <laughs> I've been watching Nate Lane, and I would like, I got a lot of problems with you people. It's time you hear it. What is Yeah, t- Terry. Frank. Frank Costanza. Yeah. Um, could- uh, Festivus. Yeah. Got a lot of problems with you people. <clears throat> My voice is still. All right. <clears throat> Pat Rick, how do you feel about comics having openers that they don't like in order to make themselves look better? I always feel like that's such a bad thing to do to your fans. I tell you what, it's hard to not f- to find one that's good. Uh, <laughs> you know, I look everywhere. I have two people at this table that do that <laughs> with me. <laughs> because I want them to be good so bad, and they're just the. It's just hard. Anyway. Mm. No, uh, I I agree. I don't have. I bring good. Com- I mean, I I believe bring comics that are good that I believe are good that make it hard for me. I want it to be hard to follow. I want it to be. You don't want to clean up the mess. I mean, when people bomb and you're like, dude, I, I wouldn't bring someone that bombed because it would be. I have to change that energy that you put out. I know. I always heard there was some comics that would do it, but I don't know if they intentionally. Bring someone, I mean, sometimes if you're bringing an opener and you've been doing it long enough, it's going to be just hard to be, you're probably, it's probably going to be people you're, you're friends with or, you know, like some comics just have one guy. Mm-hmm. I know Carlin had uh, a comic, that same guy that opened for him. He was just a very different act than Carlin. Uh, but it was like they were buddies and they were always on the road everywhere. So it was like they just took, they took him. Uh, but I, I think it's good to, you know, Chris Rock did it when he took people and I'm not saying cause I was a part of it, but he took like Hannibal out, Anthony Jeselnik. I went out, like he took all the comics that were, we were all kind of headlining on our own and he wanted to see if his stuff could follow. Uh, cause we're going up and doing 10, 15 minutes and just murdering cause mm-hmm. it's, uh, so you, you do want to go. I think it makes you a better comic. I think it'll make you a worse comic if you've got someone bad. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, I had to dig myself out of a hole recently. Yeah. Not you, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> um, not you, because you do a wonderful job and you set me up wonderfully. But the, but um, I had I had to make a quick decision and um, had some fallout, and so I had to get somebody. And it was and they were not ready. They were not ready yeah. for a big theater. Yeah. 
for that many people. And you really, somebody said this the other day, and I think it's true. You kind of need a headliner to open at these big, beautiful yeah. theaters and arenas. Yeah. You ne- really need a headliner to open. Yeah. Someone that can really do the act. Like that is that is very good. That can keep their attention. Because mm-hmm. when people are there to really see one person, they're, they want to see that person. That's why, like I usually bring a couple of people, but they've all been on the podcast. And I like it because it's like, they you know, they're getting, people are following them outside of this. And some of it's like, you just want people to see these other comics that are good and being like, you know, just to be like, hey, here's some guys you can watch. You know, here's some comics I bring out with me. Mm-hmm. And then, so they get to see them. But yeah, you got to bring people that can do good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And know what they're doing. How much time are they both doing? Uh, I have. I think everybody does ten. Maybe if it's Vecchione, I usually he does fifteen sometimes. But me and Mike kind of started together. He's been doing comedy for a very long time. Uh, so it's like if you bring someone that you know Vecchione's headlining on his. If you bring some guys like that, you'll be uh, ten to fifteen. Yeah, and I'm so if I have two, I'll do each do ten. Or if like we had three uh, in Cleveland, and they each did ten. So it's like it's always going to be somewhat around twenty five to thirty minutes before, and then I go up and I usually do like around an hour. So the show's about the actual show time is hour thirty, hour forty, which is what you should do, and then usually you start late. So it, like just because people it takes people a long time to get in, so, you know, it's like a two hour thing. Yeah, probably when it's all said and done. Mm-hmm. I've been going way too long, haven't I, Brian? No. You've been going longer than you need to. I mean, now that people it's are bored. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I've been doing like an hour and 20. An hour 20 is good. I okay. want to do an hour 15. I just haven't built myself up to go that long yet. I'm still like, but that's a goal I'm working on is trying to get to an hour and 15. I do it I, right now. I can do sixty. I've done sixty-five, uh, but I'm trying to make myself get to an hour. Like the way I write is like I just kind of come up with the hour, and then it's hard for me to. I mean, I could add stuff if I'm trying to get over the, just get over the time. Yeah. But uh, I I look at it as like I'm just trying to make that hour. But I would love. I want to start doing like an hour fifteen, just me. And if whether it's this tour or not, it'll be. I mean, it'll be an hour over a little, maybe a little bit over an hour. But then I, eventually, I want to like the next after the next special. It's like, all right, let's really try to be at hour fifteen, hour twenty, maybe. And then you're, and then you just maybe bring two comics they each do ten, and then. How do you feel about encores? I don't do one. People think, I, it's just you know when I, when I did, I have done them. It's very weird, and I would do them as a. I did them as a joke. Do you do them? No, and he tells me all the time, why don't you come back out and do, because people want to hear. She has some classics everyone wants to hear. Yeah, yeah, I would go do that then. But I'm scared that if I say, good night, people get their pocketbook and start walking out, mm-hmm. and then I come out and I go, wait a minute. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just, I got a couple I was, other things just I'd like kidding, to run guys. by you. Mm-hmm. I was always scared of that too, but if you keep the lights down, they usually expect it to be. Right. There's ways to like signal mm-hmm. that something else is going to happen. Like I have them bring the lights up. And I have, you know, to be like, go, Flash says, it's it. Okay. No, I don't say well, that, but I'm joking. <laughs> yeah. I, go, I go, get on out of here now. <laughs> uh, I have it. <clears throat> I, I did do them. Um, you know what I started doing when I was doing encores? 
The problem too is I can't. Well, I, some of the jokes they want to hear, the Starbucks and that kind of stuff, I can't remember. Uh, but if when I was, was doing it, uh, I would just say like, I would do my last joke, and then I would be like, "All right, uh, that's it. It's something. Good night." Uh, I'm gonna do an encore. I'd make fun of the idea of going over there and standing and coming back. I would just make fun of the idea of the encore, mm-hmm. and then I'd go, "So here's your encore." And then I would just stay out there the whole time. And so I would do that. And I would get a laugh and all that. But weirdly enough, you need to you need to be out there. Like you, that's a can be a safety net, especially if you do it like that. Now, if you walk off stage, it's not a safety net. But when I was doing it that way, it's like there's kind of a safety net there because it's like I'm not closing on the thing that I'm actually – I need to be able to leave on the my act. That joke needs to be good enough for me to leave on. Mm. If it's not – if I'm not putting it – giving it the pressure that it needs – which is kind of in you know maybe I'll do this if I don't if I don't have a good closer and I do need to close with some old stuff. It's like I, I need, I'm trying to make sure I can get out on the high note that I need to get out on, but you sometimes got it. You got to just get out on that last joke because you got to make sure that that last joke is good enough for you to get out on. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, you can kind of skate by and then just be like, all right, and here's some old stuff, you know, and like mm-hmm. you know, you want it to be like, it's like it's obvious. I think the joke I have in now is like where it's you, you try, it feels like it's like yeah that's it that's mm-hmm. the end of the show like you know you wanted the joke to feel like that mm-hmm. but yeah you can walk off come back well I don't know what to do and also I mean I have just one person go with me mm-hmm. and but we're flying and you know we're yeah. not on a bus but there's shows coming up where there's two a day and the logistics I'm not gonna be able to make it I'm not gonna be able to get there. Uh, and so I may have to rent a bus, and then I'd have bunk beds. I was telling the people I was meeting with today, I, they go, would you like a back bedroom with your husband? I'm like, oh, no. I don't want to have to, you know, yeah. do nasty stuff. And, and you know, yeah. ride down the road and fix chicken salad. I mean, I can't be doing all that. You know, and then yeah. be funny oh, and get my girdle on and all yeah. that. Um, I'd like to have bunks like you had where I can have my own space. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, right, right. But that's when you can bring fun all the people you love yes. with when you've got a big bus. That's what it's about. It's about bringing uh, – you have a group out. It's fun to go around with your buddies. Uh, you know, it's like you all, you, know, you all relatively kind of come up together. You get to give back. You get to like – you know, and then they do it, and eventually they stop. They won't open anymore. They start headlining. It's like that's just the way it goes, and it's the it's the greatest thing ever. And I always think that shows to the audience to be like, that's what everybody's dream of is. And even if you're in the audience, you think if I made it, I always brought tech Entourage. That's why Entourage was such a great episode, a great series because you always watch Entourage and you go, if I made it, I'd be them. I want to be them. It's like you do the cool stuff. You have the parties and celebrities but at the end of the night it's you and your boys and your buddies that you grew up with and the dudes that have known you your whole life are there's the guys that you end up with at the end of the night and that's what something that's what entourage did and why i believe it was such a great show and such a hit hit show because it was like everybody could see themselves in that it's not about you know when someone's like i don't i talk to someone as some celebrity and like are there they don't talk to anybody from their home and I'm like, you don't talk to anybody from high school? Mm-hmm. And they're like, no. And I'm like, blown away. I'm like, why you wouldn't? That's almost all, all I talk to is like, you know, you, you got your other friends that you meet in this industry. That's why I like this podcast, like having you on, like when we have other comics on or whoever. I usually bring someone on that I think the audience is 
Like you would be like, you will like this person. You could hang out with this person. Like that's that's what we want this to be. That's what your show should be. Your show should be like, oh, I could you could come sit and eat with us, and it would be like we're just all hanging out because mm-hmm. that's what. And when you when you give that, I think it shows. And I you know, and that's when you get on the bus, you start bringing people, and you're like, yeah, dude, this is how I would do it too, you know, because that's the dream. Yeah. Otherwise, you're like, nothing's real. You see two like celebrities talk. And the, I see, like, in there, you're like, what, what are they even talking about? They have nothing to talk about. Some of them you meet, someone asked me that this weekend, they were talking about meeting, like, celebrities. And I was like, yeah, you meet some, man. And then you're like, and some of them you're like, yeah, it was really cool to get to meet them. But you're like, I don't want to, like, be friends with that person. Like, it's, you know, at the beginning, you're kind of like, can't believe that you're getting to meet them. And then as you get to meet people, you kind of then look at it like, well, the ones that I do talk to regularly, Eric Stone Street's a wonderful person. Is he? Yeah. And so Eric is us. He's he fits in with us. He would just be us hanging out. And then those are the ones that you become friends with. The ones that you're like, yeah, this dude gets it. Jason Sudeikis is like, like he's that. That's the kind of dude he is. He's just a good dude. So then you see that it's wonderful when you see them in Hollywood because you're like, you're like y'all stuck to it. Y'all did what you're supposed to. Like you're you're just still who you are, and you're still hanging out. You know that they still talk to everybody at home just as much as they talk to. Brad Pitt or something. I don't know whoever, but I don't know Brad Pitt at all. But uh, but it's like whatever it is, and that's what I mean. I love that. Like that's you know, and that's the ones that you end up becoming friends with because you're like, mm-hmm. you know, you kind of go like, oh yeah, dude, I could hang with you and like talk with you. We could trash talk. We could do whatever. It's mm-hmm. like it feels fun and safe. It's not like there's some agenda. Or there's you know whatever. Mm-hmm. And you felt that way, I'm sure, with Jeff. And that's why you shouldn't bring your husband on the road. No, yeah. (laughs) Well, I just can't be doing all that. He would be wanting to touch. Foxworthy's the same way. (laughs) Jeff Foxworthy, I thought was precious, and Mm -hmm. it's like somebody I've known all my life. If you met Jeff Foxworthy, you would uh, like listening to this. If you're listening to this and you met Foxworthy, you're he's 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 what you want him to be, Mm -hmm. and he's just going to be like you know he's like polite, nice, makes a little joke, you know. Uh, we went out to eat, like so they people recognized him and like they, they just know him. And he's just he just wants to hang out, and, like talk comedy and like all mm-hmm. the stuff that you do at the beginning. They just you just want to do that again. Jay Leno's like that. Jay Leno's like a just a blue collar dude. These dudes get super successful. They have a ton of money, but they don't ever lose that. Like I don't think Jay ever like he has all these cars. Like they do cool stuff because you they can afford they they won the lottery, so they do that fun stuff. But like. Jay's never gonna make you feel like he's better than you, and that's what I—that's what I attracts me to a lot of these people. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Well, I thought I haven't met a lot of people, but I—I thought that Jeff Foxworthy was precious. I have met some country music people, and for the most part, I think they're pretty down to earth country mm-hmm. music people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of them are like Shay. We had Shay on here from Dan and Shay. Shay's the best. Uh, but the ones that aren't, you, I just you would never, I would never hang out with them. Like I would never, I wouldn't have them on this podcast. Like, because it would be like, I don't know. Like I'm not gonna be. You just like some of them. You got to be close with or something. Like yeah. I usually become close with them, and that's when it would be. Not that I wouldn't have someone on this podcast. Uh, that, but it's like I usually end up being close. Like I end up like that. You kind of end up like talking to them and like talk to them more than just like occasionally out and about. And then that's when that's like you know it works out. But yeah, you've yeah. never brought anyone on just for an interview. You've it's always been no. your friends or people you personally like. Uh, yeah, and we get asked, yeah, and uh, and it's but yeah, it's always been just 
You know, and it's not against any of the people that I would. I'm not saying I will never. I don't know. I'm always open to like, maybe there's a time you're like, well, maybe I want to talk. Maybe if I think this guy is cool or like this a, person. A big expert that your sister used to work well, with. Yeah. <laughs> first guest, we almost, well, Augustine was our first yeah. guest. And then the second guest was like a guy that worked with my sister. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, <laughs> it's, you know, then we met you. And now yeah. you're selling out the rhyme. Like, it's, it doesn't yeah. matter. We have yeah. whoever. It's like if we can get along with them. So, yes, yeah, some people will be people that I think maybe I'll be like, yeah. Uh, there's someone I've been talking to that's like, I don't really know. We, I've just known her for a little bit. But, like, she might come on. And, uh, you know, and I, but I just go off, like, if I think I could, like, they, could they be cool? And if I don't think they can be cool and I could, like, hang out with them or it'd be too, like, weird, then they won't come on. Because yeah. they'll just be weird. And it's like, I don't want that. Yeah. I want only people that people could hang out with. That's what I think. Oh. Yeah. Oh, she make that into a T-shirt. Well, I, you know, I had a podcast called Sweaty, and and I hate to say this ugly word on here because I know that pastors are watching, but Sweaty and Pissed. Oh, my God. I know. <laughs> what is? <laughs> Good night. Yeah, and that's that's a cuss word in the state of Tennessee. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Sweaty and this is, we're going to be on menopause that. and more. We'll have uh, your your episode's going to be the only episode that has like that PG thirteen explicit yeah. warning. Explicit <laughs> warning. You're going to send us into a new category of just you know. But we never had. We were in Knoxville. We never had any kind of nifty guest on, or it was just us talking about medical women's menopause. Yeah. But I I always thought, oh, I'd love to have somebody you know famous and talk about their menopause. But nobody wanted to do. <laughs> we did talk to John Reap, and I know y'all oh, just yeah? had him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. John Reap came on and talked about his testosterone lowering, and we had a ball. <laughs> yeah. And he was darling and very upfront and very real about how. And he bought something at Walgreens, and it got better. You, yeah, I don't even know. How do you know it goes down? Do you got to get tested or something? If you're hateful, if you start getting hateful oh. and irritated, oh. that can be low testosterone in a man. It's looking good, Nate. And yeah. uh, <laughs> I'm frustrated by this conversation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you feel like you're losing some muscle tone a little bit. And uh, But by the time men are 50, they have half of what they had at oh. 25. Yeah. And you can get you can get supplements and and just rev it all back up. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, playing tennis, being active, you know, exercising helps it come back up naturally. Yeah. But anyway, that's the only and I'm not the medical at? person. Oh, I've got tested years ago. Mine's been low. I've done the whole <laughs> I've done the whole gauntlet. Yeah. Um I mean mine was off the charts low. Yeah. <laughs> was it, my darling? I took supplements for a while, but those are dangerous. They can lead to some well. Other did stuff. they give oh, you really? synthetic? Now, see, they have bioidentical. That's not so. That's not bad. Hmm. I don't know if mine was bioidentical or just a, yeah identical. Synthetic or synth- I don't. Yeah. They go they when you were look, difficult. When they looked at yours, they go look. When you were born, we weren't starting from a great spot. <laughs> like just out of the gate. Let's go ahead and say we were not ideal. And so you're like, all right, well, let me know where I'm at now. You go now. <laughs> he goes, I don't know if you've ever been. You've never felt the top of the top. <laughs> we want to send you to Harvard to be studied. Yeah. <laughs> You've never. 
they would be like, have you ever punched a man? You're like, I've slapped a cat before. And you're like, See, this is what I mean. It's like stuff like that. Like you've never. Have you I ever mean, there, there is some truth to that. I mean, it because it does lead to a, like aggression and stuff like that. The working out part, that's debatable whether that means anything. Some people, some doctors say that and that doesn't, that doesn't do help. It. But some say it does, especially if you're competitive. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be a man, man, you know, that yeah, does help yeah. raise lifting weights, stuff like that. Uh, yeah. Well, Chuck Morgan, my nurse practitioner that I did that podcast with, she said his has gone back up land from playing tennis every day and he's competitive and wants to rip somebody's throat out. And he's got plenty of testosterone. Just let me say that. <laughs> and it was a real drag when that went back up because he has lowered a little bit just because it's natural. It just happens, yeah. you know? But anyway, John Reeves, the only fun person we had on, I think we may have had other guests. But nothing like people I've played golf with that have yeah. got number one hits. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it's not those kind of people. Well, we've got a lot of uh, medical issues at this table right now. <laughs> I have gout. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gout. Uh, yeah. Brian had a stroke two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Nate has diabetes. We think we have type, I think we have type two diabetes. <laughs> you think you have type two diabetes? Someone wrote in and I don't see why they would lie to me about it. So, he also has dyslexia. I have dyslexia. Oh, I forgot about that. We haven't got that tested. But, but Cher's it, it got just, that and huh? Tom Cruise, Cher yeah. and Tom Cruise. I yeah. mean, that's not a big deal. Good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that means all... you, you compensated from the dyslexia and became. This artist. Yes. I'm an artist. Stand up. You know what? I am. I'm going to be the one that says the art. You know, someone showed a picture of Cher, like, from, like, two, like from the 70s or something uh-huh. until, like, now, and she looks the same. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. it was crazy. Like, she's just the exact same. Like, I it was, I mean, it was, like, 50 years. Like, it was... Uh, I bet she's not eating she's white 75. flour and sugar. I can tell you right now, she's not eating white yeah, flour she, and you sugar. You don't think? She doesn't have type no, 2 diabetes. No, I think that stuff makes you age, and I'm eating it. And I, Her hair changed, but that's it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> look at her nipples. Yeah, oh, my oh, gosh. That's a, sorry. That's a thing. Sorry, oh, I, didn't, nice. I didn't see what was going on in that picture. My bad, everybody. Yeah, you and... Leanne on the same side of the table. <laughs> I know, we're getting filthy uh, over here. That little Sonny, God love him. God rest his soul. Had yeah. that ski accident. Mm. 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 Uh, <laughs> I do the, I do the bad news on this show, Leanne. Yeah. I'm the one. The old snow ski. Fifteen. No, I've never. Fifteen I've years never ago, tried. maybe twenty years ago. Never done it. Oh, you gotta do it. Yeah, you gotta do I it. Snow ski. You have My wife it. does it. I've only done like I did like lessons, and I never left off. I, I never. It was as when as I was on was like the flat of this table. Like I never <laughs> even uh-huh. went down. Yeah. I don't enjoy it. I've gone for years because my husband loves it, and we wanted our children to enjoy it, but I don't like it. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I encourage other people who have little children to get them yeah. in it because it is good for little Fun children. Fun for kids. Yeah. 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 I, like, I like to watch people, you know, that are in Prada outfits and wonder, who yeah. are these people? You <laughs> know, it's that kind of are y'all good sport. At it? Chuck Morgan is and does um, double blacks and all that. Yeah. And my son loves all that. Well, and my guys, girls do. You some. guys come from money, and that's a very money thing. We do not. We're <laughs> goes, mobile uh, home people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Leanne Morgan, the old uh, seen haired lot of money. Yeah, yeah. Leanne, uh, you come from. Oh, you said we got- get our uh, ski stuff from a consignment store, <laughs> and Chuck makes us stay in a real bad looking apartment, and we buy all of our groceries, and I cook just like I'm the hell, <laughs> yeah. and we we don't stay skiing, ski out. He makes us ride a shuttle and carry all that up a mountain. 
You know, yeah. and then you got to go, you got to ski all day to get our money's worth out of it. You know, it's <laughs> yeah. work. It's so hard. Yeah. So hard. And he tra- yeah. makes y'all train, right? Well, we don't. But yeah, he says, nobody's coming back unless y'all, somebody's doing some lunges and squats. I've had it. Because you, you really have got to be in good shape to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Fletcher, I appreciate when a comic gives an in the moment real chuckle at their own jokes. I've always heard comics aren't supposed to do that. What do you guys think? Uh, I don't, you don't mind it if it's real. It's when it's not real is when I mind it. So uh, that's the, that's the answer. Are people out faking that? Oh yeah. I mean, <laughs> oh yeah. It's, it's, it's oh. nonstop. How can you laugh at your own joke that you've said 1000 times? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I could laugh if it, I will laugh if I hear someone in the crowd and I can hear that I've got them laughing. Uh-huh. Like I'll laugh that I can't believe they're laughing that hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that would be the only time I'd really like laugh. And it's not like there's no emotion in the joke, but it's just my job is to tell the jokes. It's mm-hmm. not to be, I shouldn't be laughing at myself. But if you ever see someone up there that's like, hold on, I can't get through this joke. Y'all go keep, that's not real. There's no way that's real. It yeah. happened once, maybe real. Mm-hmm. And then they kept going. Do y'all have this going through your mind? I don't think, I'm not laughing at my own jokes. I'm thinking, am I worthy? And what am I doing? Should I have become a therapist? Yeah. You know, I, I go through my mind. Do you ever, are you in your mind thinking? Oh, yeah. Did I leave the iron on? I mean, <laughs> like I've had conversations with myself. Yeah, yeah. But I try not to. Try not, not every to. night. Be in the moment. Not every night. I try to be in the moment. You got to try to be in the moment. That's something you got to work on. Uh, I used to be really bad at it. I'm getting better at it. But I, but when I, after the Tennessee kid, uh, I was really bad at it. I would catch myself just be, I would be on another planet. autopilot, right? And uh, so I, and I, but I've consciously now try to really like not do that and really be in it. You have jokes placed and you, you got to think of what you're excited to, what jokes you're excited to get to. Uh, you know, you, I go off what I feel like I like in my act. Like, now, right now, I'm pretty lucky that there's only there's maybe a spot or two that I'm not like excited to get to. Overall, I'm kind of excited to get to everything where I'm kind of like, oh, this will be fun, and this I, I'm I'm excited to tell this part and this yeah. part, and that's what you want. And then when you you can feel it though, when you're like, I don't, I'm not excited to get to that, and I don't like it. And it could be a good joke that works, but you just for some reason don't like it. Yeah, that's all right. And sometimes you got to just be like, all right, well, I need to find, I need to make myself like like that. I don't make myself like it. I need to make the joke where I like it. And then if I like it, it's going to be better for the audience. Mm-hmm. Is what I, I think because I'm going through this whole mind thing of of things, of being more successful and being so thankful for that. Mm-hmm. And it's a blessing from heaven. But at the same time, I think I'm in the stage of, is this real? <laughs> am, uh, it, yeah. am I real? I've been doing this 22 years, but... Or, can I do it? Am I worthy? Am I ugh? So I go through all that. And then Josh Wolf called me. And when he was at the height of Chelsea on TV, he said, Lynn, I remember being just fearful it was going to go away. And don't live in that. Yeah. And then he said, you got to remember this. Every night you go out there. And I thought this was so sweet. And not to sound arrogant, but he said this. He goes, Lynn, you're somebody's George Strait. Yeah. You're somebody, somebody's been saving up that ticket. And and has come to see you, and you're there, George Strait. Yeah, you know they've been waiting, and you're there, big. You know, and mm-hmm. I thought, what? But um, but I know that, it, but it that excited me, and thought, and I thought, oh my gosh, I've got to be the best I can be yeah. for these precious people. <clears throat> yeah, right. Right. 
That's another, uh, hey, you're from Adam's tent. <laughs> Most people say Derek Jeter or something. Well, let me, Josh Wolf said yeah. George Strait. Yeah. He really did. did? Maybe, Josh Wolf did. Yeah. Maybe he's thinking that yeah. would be my... Not, yeah. not that I'm against. How, do I, talk, how huh? do I talk to this lady <laughs> yeah. from the middle of nowhere? Uh, imagine you're someone's Walmart. They can't. They, when when a Walmart goes to a new town, they can't believe it's there. You're their Walmart. Well, and they should have said you're their Earth, Wind, and Fire. That's yeah. who Ooh. I would have loved. Oh, yeah. yeah, Earth, Wind, and Fire, Prince. Oh. Yeah, they. Uh, you do got a bargain that. hunt. It is good to uh, <laughs> it is good to uh, always remember that, but you don't want to you lose it. It's not about I, I've switched now. It's almost not losing. I don't want to lose the audience. So like I don't want to. It's and it's I I guess if you there is the, but my fear now is not. I don't think it's as being funny. Maybe it is about like it's daunting to think like. I got to take the special and then and I've got to have a new hour. Like it's very daunting to always think, well, how am I going to come up with a new hour? But there's also now it's like, how can I make sure it's better than the one that I did? How can I do that? And so that's the thing that's daunting. And how do you keep this audience? How do I? So it's not almost like it's not about it's not inward. It's outward. We're going like, well, how do I make you stay? How do you how do I know that you want to come back here? And I make sure that I give you the time that I think you deserve as an audience. You should be able to come and have a great time. And so that's the fear now is is almost losing them. And that's what you don't. Oh my God. That's a lot of fear coming. And I got <laughs> fear that, now. I know, but that fear is just like <laughs> yeah. it's excitement and work. Yeah. It's the excitement of the work. And of you it. use that instead of fear being like, oh my gosh, that scares me. Well, if I death. didn't care, then I would hate these people. But that's more of like uh, motivation fuel for you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's like, you know, when you see someone that like performs and they hate their audience, that's insane to me. Like, how could you ever why would you ever create something where you hate your audience? And there's a lot of people do that. That hate they, their audience. They don't like what they represent. They don't like what they do. They don't like, you know, who's coming to see them. They don't think, because they don't, they don't want to be them. Where I, I look at every audience and I am you. There's, you're not, when I talk to people afterwards, I'm like, I can't believe they're talking to me. Uh, I can't believe like, I'm like, I don't know. It's like some of them, you know, it's like, you're just like, I'm all of you. Like, you're mm-hmm, not, you're my mm-hmm. parents. You're my, I, y'all would be just coming to our house for Thanksgiving. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, you're us. You're no different than any of us. And so you, when you see that, you're like, well, I don't want to lose that. And so, mm-hmm. you, yeah, the fuel is to being like, I've got to impress them. It's not impressing, you want this other stuff, obviously being Grammy nominated, like all this kind of stuff. You want all that stuff, but it's about impressing that, those audience that, that they're the reason you even get to live a life that you get to live. That's why I never assume people hate them. Cause you're like, you're the only reason you get to think, the only reason you get to think you're better than them is because of them. Mm-hmm. Cause if it wasn't for them, you wouldn't, you would, you would be where you are, but because you get rich and people get famous and they get out of touch with stuff, they think they're better than their audience. And I don't think it's everybody, but I do think it's, I think it's way more than, I think there's, it's more than you think. I think. Oh, my Lord. Because his mama came to my show she in did. Pensacola, and she was she precious. She's better than you. <laughs> That's what, uh, <laughs> yeah, Aaron told us thought, that. Aaron told us that. Yeah. She probably thought, I didn't know her butt was that big. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Lynn's butt looks awful large lately. Um, yeah. But no, I have, I know what you're talking about, and I see him out in the audience, and I think, mm. oh, my gosh, every town, I think, I would be your best friend. Oh, yeah. We would mm. be going and doing, we'd be going to TJ Maxx, and then the jazzercise and having a ball. Yeah. And they're precious. And they send me, I, you won't believe the um, 
cookies I've gotten for Christmas. Oh, and yeah. they, um, Dewey's, yeah, um, sent me a big box and toffee. And my kids are like, wait, what? <laughs> and things for my grandbaby and yeah, you precious. can't believe people want to send you something. Oh, Crazy. just, I want your ba- grandbaby to have a new blanket. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, I could ball my eyes out. Yeah, that that's where mine. I don't feel worthy, and I feel like I need to go and clean people's houses. That's what I. Every show, I think, look at these darling people. I need to vacuum their car out as they're leaving. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. God love them. Why me? Well, you want to give How them. Precious. Yeah, right. You want to give them something more than just the ticket because you think like it's not worth this. Yeah, like, you can't think that you're buying. You know, you're like we should like make. A, I should give everybody like something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like just because, and you can't. But it's like, cause, and but that's why you want to make the show as good as it can be. Because you're like, well, the only thing I can control and that I can do is to make sure that you are like when people's their face hurts from laughing. You're like, that's what I can give you, and so I need to make sure I can continue to do that. And that's what you do too, and that's good. Thank you, Nate. That's why you bring Brian on the road. It's easy to follow. <laughs> <laughs> but tell them, Brian, tell them about these precious women. Are they darling or what? They're very darling. That's what I would say. <laughs> yeah. They bring recipes and stuff like that. To, and they're so know. tickled by him go, having a baby. I don't know. Do you, when you go out, are you like, look at all these young ladies out there? <laughs> like, like, you go out, you're like, oh, these are pretty hot women out there. Yeah. I do think my age helps because, you know, they identify with me more than, say, oh, if you took yeah. a 20-year-old, yeah. for sure. But I do get a lot of, I'll get a grandmother, somebody 80, with somebody my age, and 50, and then their college-age daughter mm-hmm. or 20-year-old daughter. So, so I get a lot of that. Yeah, uh, yeah. They, go, they can yeah. go and, yeah, so there's some young women out there, and I think, oh, God, love them. Yeah, there's no, one, like them said, like, there's no one really doing what you're doing. And so that's the that's the, the positive, and that's the good thing. And, that's, and, she, and you're seeing the demand of it to be, you know. People talk about, like, even, like, it's the idea of being clean. It's, like, it's not about – you could just a competitive point. Why would you not be clean? If you're, if you have, I don't care if you hate any reason for being clean or not being religious and the reason just competitively, why would you not do it? That's what I don't understand. Why would you not? You're competing against your competition is pretty low versus everything else is not. So just competitively are artistic as we make fun of. If you want to be artistic. It's like, just do it. The other way, just for that, just to be like, well, I want to sound different than everybody else. And that could be your reason. Uh, Helix, if you are, well, this is not about Helix, the all form, but if they do them, if you've been listening to the show for a while, you have probably heard me talk about our Helix mattress. We have a mattress in there. Oh, all the comics sleep on it. If you ever need to sleep on it, go and drive back to Knoxville. I did sleep on one of y'all's bands one time. Was that the Helix? (gasps) Yeah, you did. Exactly. We We got home real late on the bus. And then y'all left the next morning. Uh, well, Helix has left the bedroom, started making sofas and more. They just launched a new company called Allform, and they are already making the best sofas we've seen. We have one here. Uh, it's the easiest way you can customize a sofa using premium materials and at a fraction of the cost. You can pick a fabric, which is spill, stain, and scratch resistant. The color, color of the legs, sofa size, and shape to make sure it's perfect for you and your home. Uh, all form sofas are also delivered directly to your home with fast, free shipping. Sofas can take weeks or months to arrive, and you need someone to put it together. All form takes just three to seven days to arrive, and you can assemble it yourself. No tools are needed. Uh, yeah, for the office, we have the sand fabric, uh, the armchair with the sand fabric uh, with the natural wood legs. 
Uh, I love it. I said this where Laura yells at me. I sit in that chair and she yells. Oh at my me. gosh, I've never know, heard of that. That is wonderful. Her, that you can Laura yelling, you should stick around. Oh. Mm. Uh, <laughs> there to find your perfect sofa or chair, check out allform.com slash Nate. And all form is offering 20% off all orders and uh, for our listeners at allform.com slash Nate. A-L-L-F-O-R-M dot com slash Nate for your new favorite sofa. 20% off all orders at allform.com slash Nate. And uh, HelloFresh. Uh, with HelloFresh, you get farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients, seasonal recipes that are right to your doorsteps. Have you ever used HelloFresh? I love it. Yeah. I have used it, and I love it. It's great. It is. It's uh you Very know, simple, good food. Easy to make. Mm-hmm. Dave, you've yep. cooked. You've well, my wife has. Yeah. yeah. Oh, your did. wife did it. You did uh, it. Yeah. You did yours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got some scent. Had some nice burgers. You can do it on your own. Mm-hmm. Uh, is America's number one meal kit. You heard us talk about Green Chef. Green Chef is now owned by HelloFresh, and with a wider array of meal plans to choose from, there's something for every one. We love switching between the brands, and now our folks can enjoy both brands at a discount with Nateland. HelloFresh is 72% cheaper than a restaurant meal of the same quality, and you can save on an average over $65 per month when you order HelloFresh instead of grocery shopping. That's more money to put towards those other 2022 goals uh, that you have. It is better to to eat at home than not go mm-hmm. out. I'm learning that, and I eat out too much. This could be my type 2 diabetes. I could probably get them down. Uh-huh. We're not sure The sodium. It's the, no telling you know, out. Oh, no. We have been using HelloFresh for five years or more now. It helps us cut out stressful meal planning. Uh, it's hard to decide what you want to eat. My wife never knows what, you know, it's always like, what are we going to eat? My wife hates deciding what you're going to eat. Well, this just gives you, you just point, and she lets me point, and I pick a picture. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't yeah, that great? it's great. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Nate16 and <laughs> like use a code. monkey. Yeah, that is, that's how I do it. She goes, lays it out. She goes, which one of these do you want? I point at it. I mean, it's, it's and I want And that. do they still have like paleo or keto? Yeah, they or do all that stuff. Dairy-free, whatever. Whatever yeah. you want. Yeah. Uh, go to HelloFresh.com slash Nate16 and use code Nate16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. That is HelloFresh.com slash Nate16 and use code Nate16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. And finally, Solo Stove. Mm. I don't know if you've seen one of these. Oh, honey, I bought one for my boy, Charlie, and he had wood burning in it for my grandbaby's birthday camping theme birthday party yesterday and that solo stove is wonderful and he loves it they camp and they have it at home and he thinks he's going to get a bigger one to go in the yard and put adirondacks around it he loves it because he builds a fire all the time but that's smokeless right smokeless Uh, crazy yeah crazy love them uh they need you to sell it. <laughs> <laughs> These are the best ad reads. When I believe in I something, I can sell it. And yeah. I believe in that. I bought it for Christmas last year. They've loved it. Because it's no smoke. And that's no smoke. And yeah. And yeah. people did s'mores on it yesterday. Had a ball. Yesterday. Yesterday. Yeah. And my grandbaby's first camping, or first birthday party, camping inside theme. Wow. Yeah. And they used And he it. was beautiful. I love yeah. that. That's yeah, and they good. did s'mores with a Reese's cup, mm-hmm. which I thought was a good idea, and a big oh, marshmallow. Yeah. And then they also did a Hershey's, you know, little candy bar yeah, with yeah. it over that freaking solo so stove. Stuff. It's good. I love that you love it. It's just easy to do, easy to set up, no smoke. That's the, that's the greatest thing ever. I know. You know? Yeah, they're cute. Uh, 
They yeah. look nice. They look nice. The fire looks amazing. Yeah. This uh, is the best ad read we've ever know. had this by is far. Incredible. It does, yeah. And you know what? I think I'm going to buy him. I did buy him some accessories, but I'm going to get him the stand. He's got the top. Yeah. And he, you, can, you can get the grate, and you can grill on it, because oh. they camp all the time. Yeah. You can grill on Well, you got that grate, you know, and you can put yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, this, this is, is. We are learning about this is unbelievable. It's great. <laughs> it's their. uh yeah, I mean, they, I love that they, they offer a lifetime warning, thirty day free, thirty day free return policy, but you're not going to need it. Right? Uh-uh. You don't think you it. will love it. You will love it. Let the gifting begin. So, shop Solo Stoves Holiday Sale for huge site wide savings now through the end of the year, and get ten dollars off with promo code Nate plus a lifetime warranty and free thirty day returns. Get an extra ten dollars off holiday deals at solostove.com. Promo code Nate. That was the. You know, it's the best ad read. Oh, good. I love all those things. Yeah. Yeah, I like them all, too. Uh, I can't believe that 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 bunch of people can make a couch that quick and send it to you. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah, Yeah. it's amazing. Yeah. Because it does. It takes takes now because of this COVID. Uh It takes 30 weeks to get a sofa. Right. Oh. If you go to the, yeah. COVID started. I ordered one. It took me about seven months to get it, and I'd forgotten about it by the time it showed up. Forgot about like, a couch. Yeah, because it had been that <laughs> long ago, dude. Can you imagine? It's exciting. Just every like, just think about growing up. And if we, my parents ordered a couch, there was a chance my dad would go, "Oh, that's right. I forgot we ordered." I, maybe the most important thing inside the home. Uh huh. That ever happened. It's seven months, and there was a lot going on in the world. You know, what and I mean? then what? So, what were you sitting on? You weren't reminded. We had an old, beat up couch. <laughs> yeah. We just wanted to get a new one to replace the old one. And then when it came, you were like, "We were like, this is the best day of all yeah. time, dude." Yeah. Who's yeah. at the door? Uh, you thought two big dudes with a. I know, but you thought did they that. called As before they were coming. They did call that. Oh. They called that day, and they so. said, "We're coming to your couch," and you go, "What?" Yeah. <laughs> we couch. got the couch. I was like, "Oh yeah, dude." <laughs> yeah, I was so excited. Is yeah. it performance fabric? I don't know. What does yeah. that mean? <laughs> that means that if you if Those y'all shows. do have babies or that cat scratches or or vomits on it, that you can just wipe it off. Oh, it's definitely not that. Because no. <laughs> it's all a cat owns that thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's good. People would love to come over and sit on it. Uh <laughs> I need an all form, dude. Huh? I need you, an all form. I mean you do. Yeah, there's when you go to someone's house and there's just cat hair everywhere or dog hair, mm-hmm. and you're like, come on, man. And they're like, right. just sit down. You're like, are you aware? <laughs> I don't think people are aware. No, when, they're they're do- when, when they walk out and there's cat and dog hair all over yeah. them, and then you just seal them out, and you're like, do you not? I mean, are you even see what's going on? And they're like, why don't you do it in my house? Because it smells like a dog pound. <laughs> if you at least address it. And the food <laughs> tastes like dog. Yeah. <laughs> or if like dog smell. They feed it to us in bowls. But Brian, your house doesn't feel that way with that little bitty hazel. Well, she doesn't shed. Yeah. And this, y'all have got a non shed thing. Cup too. Yeah. Yeah. Your yeah. little not, dog doesn't yeah. shed. No, Holly doesn't. Yeah. Well, now they're mm. genetically making dog to be perfect. So <laughs> yeah. you're not supposed to buy a dog yeah. like that. We got our cat from a sewage drain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it what? sheds everywhere, dude. <laughs> 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 did the sewage drain? Did the uh, they put it up for adoption? Or was I was going to say what's the? Uh, was it abandoned? It was. Yeah, it was found. It was found in the, the alley. You found it? And no, it some, alley some, Yeah, somebody found it in an alley in downtown Nashville. 
Mm. I think where it probably was thriving. You think? Some reason I feel like cats do really well. I feel like it's got a pretty good life now, but it, it was oh, it was probably amazing. It was probably life, doing yeah. it was probably doing okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just feel like cats, alley cats, are just such a thing that you're like. I think they. Uh, well, we talked about Disney World. How those feral cats just live there. Yeah, come out at night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Is this a female or a male? It's a male. male oh, then cat. yeah, he was. Having a big time downtown. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Doing horrible bachelorette parties. Horrible Sodom and Gomorrah. <laughs> yeah. Down at Printer's Alley. <laughs> You're probably like ruined his yeah. game. He's got some of these losers. <laughs> you and Lucy's in there. Oof. Yeah, what are y'all doing tonight? Nothing. Let me guess. <laughs> nothing. <Yeah>. West Wing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Sykes. When you do a TV appearance like the Tonight Show, do you get do you get paid for that? I guess that question is just for Nate. When you are on tour at a theater, do you have to get permission to pay or pay or, or pay the musicians for intro music? Again, I guess uh, Nate. Nate, on the current tour, I saw you come out to Strumbellas and saw a video of you coming out to Twenty One Pilots. What is your favorite song to come out to? Uh, right now, I'm coming out to Strumbellas, and then I walk at then I leave on Twenty One Pilots. You know, I like mixing it up. The Strumbellas is very good. We had a, uh, a promoter, Chaney, who uh, picked the Strumbellas song, and I loved it. And I was coming out to 21 Pilots. And sometimes you just kind of change, you know, you just, I'll, I like change. And so I'll end up, like right now, we're just doing it with the Strumbellas and end with 21 Pilots. I love ending with that 21 Pilots song. It's almost kind of like, it's a very nice song. It's fun. It's, I love the 21 Pilots, which I've wore their thing. We went to their concert. Uh, but they're, I mean, they're what twenty one pilots. People talk about having this podcast. I have them, and fun. they're 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 the best, dude. And like that's people that you would you can hang out with. They're the great. Uh, tonight show, you could pay like fifteen hundred dollars. I think twelve hundred or fifteen hundred. Do they pay you to get there? Uh, sometimes they do. Sometimes that's they. Sometimes it's always a battle. Sometimes, I think if you're promoting a movie, if you're promoting something, uh you don't get paid. And so like when I did my special, if I was, if I was doing stand up on the show, the Netflix would pay you. I mean, tonight show would pay you and Netflix would pay for the travel. But if you're just promoting it and I'm not doing stand up, I think they try to get Netflix to pay for the trap. There's like all that kind of stuff. And that's like every business. I mean, it's, it's funny to see some like, regular businesses kind of stuff where you're like, well, who's paying for this guy's hotel? And you're mm-hmm. like, and then Netflix and NBC go, why well, not paying for it or something? I don't know. But at the beginning, they're, yeah, that tonight show's paying for it. They, they would pay you and they'd give you a hotel. Yeah. So, yeah. And you don't pay, I don't pay, I'm, I owe Shaka Khan a bunch of money. If I, if I'm supposed to be paying her, it said, did you, do you have to, do you get permission to use that music? No. Oh, no, not at a, on, on uh, the, uh, on, the specials. So we had a, oh, this last on one was Drew Holcomb. Special. Yeah. So like you can either pick a song. So some, if there's a song, I want to say that the, the full-time magic and the Tennessee kid are both songs that are made to sound like a Lumineer song. So there's ways to do that where you just, you walk out the intro, it's kind of a generic sounding song, but it's like kind of along the lines of one that you would want it to be. Uh, for the stand-ups, they did Lumineers, and they actually paid for it to be used. And then for this one, we I know Drew Holcomb. Yeah. But I think we paid, we paid with Drew Holcomb. Like, you know, it's like we went through songs. And I wanted to use a real song. Uh, I like using a real song. So we, 
you know, uh, Greg Garcia helped me pick it. And he sent it to me, and I was like, this song's amazing. Mm-hmm. And when he did, I was like, dude, I think, I was like, I know this dude. Like, it was, we were about to golf, and we've been texting. Yeah. And so, uh, and so it was like, ended up being perfect. And then we got it. I, I let him know we were using it, but we did it through the proper channels. Like, right. you know, I don't and I know I've seen somewhere. that. What what song is it? Because I've Family. watched it. Family. Yeah. Family. Because I've been to their festival, Room, yeah. Moon River in, in uh, Chattanooga, mm-hmm. that Ellie and Drew do. Yeah. I did a charity. I did a, like a benefit with Ellie. I've met her at a Christian school fundraiser. <laughs> I met her, but I don't, I, I've never met Drew and I wasn't performing or anything. I just yeah. got to meet her. Yeah. They're darling. Yeah. I mean, they They're were so great. talented. Very talented. So you're walking out to Shaka Khan. Mm. Um, Shaka Khan plays when I walk when I, it's over. Yeah, I'm every woman, and then I've been walking out to Casey and the Sunshine Band. I was oh, yeah. I was doing uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire, but I'm. You're right. I I feel like I need to change it up. Yeah. I thought that that would be my thing, but mm-hmm. I want to change it up. Yeah. Well, at least you're not dating yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about playing Little Kim. <laughs> she got out of prison. Yeah. But why um, do you celebrate that with Little Kim? You should walk out to Little Kim. I try, I, I did listen to some of it, and it was just so nasty, you know, that yeah. I think all oh, these little women are be clutching a purse. Oh, she, you know, uh, your mama uh, probably wouldn't want to hear Little Kim. <laughs> Mother, you know, all that business, effing <laughs> going doing. But I don't know. I do need somebody to help me pick out hipper songs. Those songs, are, no, those are good songs. Those I'm are great joking. songs. I just I, the joke was there. I had to. Oh, the audience it. loves it. It's perfect. I had to take it. the shot. You know? No, that's okay. I get uh, it. The, but I want to be here. Maybe I should be doing Twenty One Pilots. No, no, no. You got to do what you got. Lincoln gotta, Park. Yeah, <laughs> I would do Lincoln Park. That would date me. I would. I, I would love to do Lincoln Park. Uh, you, you just pick what, like, you know the. I, you just kind of pick, I don't know, like you just kind of think it's important. Uh, I always think fun. of 80s when I made some really bad decisions. Yeah. Yeah, you Earth, know. Wind, and Fire. That yeah. brings it when back. I, yeah, that brings back some, yeah, Prince, all yeah. that. She, that was uh, my heyday. Mm-hmm. She encourages I, me to come out to music, and I feel like just it should be just left for the headliner because that's yeah. kind of their thing. And uh, we were in Indianapolis, and Brian Dorfman was there without back. And I said, Brian, what do you think? Do you think I should come out to music? And he said, they're all here to see her. It doesn't matter what you do. Yeah. <laughs> That's very, very honest. Yeah. Brian, yeah. you come out and say, burr, burr, what's that? Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> do you, the, the guys that open for you, they don't come out to anything? No, no I, I've tried it, but it's like, yeah, it's kind of, it makes it, you know, it's a lot of it's about the, you know, when you come out. Like there's, they don't see you until the, you, the, until you come out and like yeah. that yeah. kind of stuff and it adds to it and, you know, it's like I, I I would never do. I'm not very. I don't move a lot on stage anyway, and so it's like I kind of like some of the a little bit of the lights. They kind of flash, and then you come out to a good song, and it plays, and like it just makes it like very fun and exciting, and uh, and that's what I think. You know, you want to do, but I I think your songs that you're choosing are great. I mean, people want just fun. It, it's about I would choose those songs. I just want fun, so mm-hmm. I want it to be in the mindset of being like fun, like you're like. When you walk out, it's a pleasant song that you're like, this song makes me in a good mood. Mm-hmm. And so that's what those songs would be. And a lot of times you have to go to older songs because some of these other songs are, I don't ever listen to what the words are saying, so I don't know what, you know, but like some of them can be, you know, just downers. 
yeah. You know, that's why I like Twin Island Pilots. Uh, so uh, I was fortunate. Uh, Will Carsey. Uh, I was fortunate enough to see. I would call him Will Car Seat. <laughs> car Seat. Car Seat. Car Seat. Car Seat. Yeah. My buddy Will Car Seat over here. <laughs> I would just say that would do it in that joke of uh, if he said something knowledgeable, I'd go, oh, listen, to <laughs> listen to Will Car Seat over here. <laughs> he invented the car seat. You ever talk to him about it? He'll tell you. <laughs> and he would be like, why does he say that? And they'd be like, there's no reason. <laughs> I was fortunate enough to see Nate at my church in Houston, Texas. He had an amazing performance, and we all had a great time. What are Nate's experiences in church environments, and how does he change his routine routine to accommodate? I'm not particularly religious, but I sure wouldn't pass up the chance to see a great comedian. Uh, That's very funny, Nate, at his church. (laughs) Yeah, he goes, I go to church. I'm not into it, but it's like, you know, we look for something to do Sunday morning, I thought. I'm not Movie, religious, yeah. but I'd go. <laughs> Movies aren't open, so I thought I'd go see this. This guy tells story every week. Uh, buy tickets to that. Uh, Do you remember that church that he's talking about? I think so. Was it uh, Joel Osteen's? Yeah. Uh, I remember that. I think, yeah. The Astros. Well, there's been a couple, so I'm not sure which one, but uh, I do think I know which one he's talking about. But it's uh yeah, I don't know. When I go do church, if I do a church, I mean I don't really have to change my act that much. But if I like, you know, when I talked about in the old special uh the Tennessee Kid about Annie, the dog dying, and if people listen to this, they know that joke. I wouldn't do that joke. I didn't do that joke at a church because it was like telling the dogs dying, like, you know, telling Harper the dog's gonna die. Mm-hmm. I would not do that. And uh so that would be the only thing I wouldn't do if I was talking about something like that. But uh other than that, I can. I mean, everything else I can say. I used to say that I think the pastors are more edgy than I am. Mm-hmm. Like they might make a drug joke or mm-hmm. something like that. And I'm always like, you know, <laughs> good night. What is wrong with these people? <laughs> Leanne, you're probably Clutch too your... blue to work with hey, churches. Uh, <laughs> I can't talk about you know prostituting myself to Chuck for money. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah. But the other stuff yeah. I can, I feel like I can, you know, yeah. I can do it. I, if, but see, it's different for me. If they hire me, it's women's group. Yeah. Well, you talking about women out to have a good time at a big women's group church yeah. thing where they're selling Mary Kay in the lobby. And there's a taco truck out front. You yeah. know, I mean, that's a good time. That's yeah, a good time. A good time. And, and I could come out and go, blah, 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 and yeah. they just go throw their purse <laughs> yeah. in there. You know, I love it. it's so fun and yeah. easy. Yeah. It really, I mean, they're just so fun. Darling, they're right. so tickled to be out and about. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. You know? Husband's and there's a lot of church female comedians, but I'm not, you know, I'm not yeah. like them. Yeah, they yeah. do they do testimonies and somebody comes yeah. up and maybe even play a song. I don't do any of that. No. God did not want me to. No. He doesn't want he doesn't want me either. <laughs> he I remember trying to do it. Sometimes they were like, Am I supposed to do it? And then you're like, I don't know. I could talk, <laughs> I do think I could do motivational speech. Like I could do I, I like talking about goals and like that kind of stuff. And uh-huh. like uh like I, that stuff's just fun to talk about. Uh but yeah, when you you just do your act and you're like, but this is not I was looking at church, you're like, all their their whole existence is preaching. <clears throat> so I need to just Give them be a funny. Break. Yeah, yeah. Be funny. Yeah, be funny. Even though I could tell a really good testimony, I've got one. I can oh, you tell got one some ready? really twisted. 
Yeah. <laughs> I don't have one ready. <laughs> he got one but I could pull it out of my butt. <laughs> yeah. And he has a joke now about that. And he and he was doing a charge and he goes, Oh my gosh, what if I go through my material? And I said, Tell your testimony. And you know, he really doesn't have one. Yeah. Brian's really never done anything bad, but I've done <laughs> some bad stuff. Yeah. My 80s were pretty sketchy. Yeah. Yeah, I could tell that. Yeah. But I haven't had to yet. I yeah. mean, normally they just want me to be fun, yeah. you know. It'll come out eventually. <laughs> <laughs> I'll write a book and have to yeah. tell all the horrible things yeah. I did. Uh, yeah. your, your kids, you got to read. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, you can't. Oh, they know some of it, but some oh, of it yeah. they don't. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. They'll find out. They're in their 20s. They'll be all right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Nate Roloffs. Roel? Uh, Roloffs. I'm wondering when and how you make the jump from one size venue to the next. When do you get to the point where you can make the jump from a theater, which would be a few thousand people, to a stadium, which would be fifteen to 20,000 people? Based on what you guys have talked about, wanting the room to be full for the best show, when do you risk not filling the entire room for a bigger venue? What a good question. This is a good question. Uh, I think we're both going through this right now of like where we were. I'll let you guys take this one. Yeah. Karen? <laughs> Aaron, uh, you get it started. Aaron, let's start at the bottom. So when Aaron, you want to sell out a bar show, here's what I don't even know how to do that. Yeah. You want to go, uh, yeah, I think we're me and you are exactly going through this right now, where it's you go to different venues, our venues are becoming bigger, and you build up, you go up. So you first, like after comedy clubs, you kind of go to 1,000 seaters, 800 seaters. There's a lot of 800 th- theater seats or 1,000, you know, Mm-hmm. And so you try to do that. Chicago, the Vic in Chicago is a thousand, I think a thousand seats. And that's a, that's a big one. That's usually a lot of people's first theater because Chicago is a good market. And, uh, you know, the Wilbur too in Boston is another one uh, where like, you know, they've got such a good following. The, the actual theater does for putting on good shows that they sell tickets at, just alone. Just the fact that they're a great theater. Uh, so you kind of do that and then you kind of spread that out and then you slowly just start, you know, when you start adding shows and you start doing stuff and you look at the tickets and you look at, you know, it's a thousand seats, 15, you know, I remember when I did a, Atlanta was the Cobb was the big, it was 2,800. That was the biggest. And that was right before COVID, I think. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that was at that point was the biggest I've ever done. Like it was like, I was, I was there with Fallon and I was like, I can't believe this is 2,800 people. And then now, you know, in Nashville, I did to Opry's in a rhyme, which that was almost 12,000 people. Like it's, mm-hmm. so then it's, is it just continues to grow? It just really is the demand is there. And you just keep going to these towns. It's how you build it up everywhere. You go to these towns over and over again. And people, you know, a lot of mine is word of mouth. I believe you probably a lot of word of mouth, people sharing clips and showing people and be like, you got to mm-hmm. watch this person, this person. And then, so, and then you go through the town and you, the next time they come see you again and they come see you again and it just keeps getting, kind of keeps growing. Mm-hmm. And I think you build a, a fan base that will s- stay with you, which I, I think. Right? But for 20 years, I mean, I couldn't get arrested. So, uh, you know, I would be, <laughs> I couldn't sell tickets and then I'd go, we'd get two other comics, call it something we would try to do yeah. three to five hundred seats, not really sell out. Yeah, but um, sometimes we would. But then you know, the, and then by myself, I couldn't, I could mm-hmm. not move up. And that when this happened to me, it went from zero to a hundred. I don't know, just like a supernatural. Right. I say. Yeah. But at first, when they first announced my tour it was a thousand seats, 
I like a thousand saints. Yeah. Thousand's great. I like three. But I don't know, but I like all of them. When you go to five, you're like, well, five's great. Well, but then, okay, so now I'm in 2,000 to 3,000, and I'm scared to death. But I mean, they're going, it's going great. And I yeah. think my first 4,000 is Detroit, the yeah. Fox. Yeah. This year. Yeah. But you and I did the arena in um, Tupelo. Tupelo. Yeah. That was fun. Between four and 5,000. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, guys. I did that too. Come on, yeah, that is true. <laughs> you did, you did, you angel. He's a part of it. Uh, yeah, it's it's. I mean, it, it grows like you can't. It's got to. It just grows naturally. I mean, you have, you know, you end up getting a great team around. Uh, uh, Nick Nusiforo is my agent at UTA, and like he's at Gaffigan and uh, Sebastian and Larry, Larry the Kid got Foxworthy. I mean, he's done so many people. So you kind of get with those guys. Uh, you know, people that know how to, they've seen an act come up and they kind of go like, here's the, you know, I use, I basically do everything Gaffigan does. Like there is, like in Gaffigan told me, he's like, I did what John Panette did. And like, you just kind of do that kind of thing. So I'm following a lot of his blueprint that's been laid out. And you go, and you know, because if you're, if you're kind of similar to someone, they're like, all right, you're kind of this kind of play. You know, you fit with this kind of audience. And you kind of, you know, that's the blueprint. Maybe it changes, maybe blah, blah, goes many different ways. But you just kind of know, like, all right. I mean, you got to still be good. I mean, you know, that's the thing is, like, it can all go away if you are not good. Uh, so you're, you want to just keep, you know, you got to, that's, that's the, that's the nervousness that you get now is like just to stay as good as you you think these people want you to be mm-hmm. and, and now i think it's changed with you especially like you're you've done two specials for netflix so that so every year the, then you grow more and more from that mm-hmm. that special and growing those audiences yeah. so then you'll go to arenas hopefully yeah, you yeah, will. You yeah. will. I know you yeah. will. Yeah. I know, but you, but you are. I mean, but um, I don't have a special. So if I ever got a special, I think it would help me get to the next level. Yeah. You know, because these two to well, three that's are what's crazy freaking is you're, me out. You're at where you're at without it. So you've been doing comedy for 22 years. So you started in probably 2000, something like that, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. 1999. I started in 03. Uh and you were 30 or something? You were in your I 30s? I was 32, and I had my last baby. So yeah. I had three babies. Yeah. And did you always want to do it? hmm Yeah. And it's a fun. But I didn't know like, how. I didn't yeah. know where. I wasn't in a place to do it. Yeah. Where were you living? Um, when I got started, I was living in the foothills of the Appalachian Mountains, and Chuck had a used mobile home business. Oh, gosh. Yeah. And I, there was not a club in Knoxville at the time. Yeah. And um, – I just started out doing like little stuff, like the Rotary Club. Like yeah. I take my babies to to uh, Mom's Day Out and go do something for the Rotary, and they would yeah. give me a gift card, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. And yeah. then I drove to Zany's. I somehow talked Brian Dorfman into letting me open, and I opened for um um oh gosh that guy Billy Gardell. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, and I I did the opening like you know the drink of the night is tequila. I was scared to death. I'd had I had an eighteen month old baby. Drove, I think I drove back in in the same night, and I uh, and Brian Dorfman got me in the back and said, "Lynn, I think you've got something." Yeah, but I've told this story many times. But he said, "I think you've got it. I really do." But how are you going to raise three babies doing this? It, you just he said Roseanne Barr raised them in a parking lot in a station wagon and. It, it didn't turn out well. I don't know what's happened to her children, but um, yeah. I, I'm sure they're fine. 
But but he said, and it's and it. He said, you just cannot come up the the way like in comedy clubs you, if you're going to raise your own children. Yeah. So then, and it made me mad, but he was right. Yeah. And I thought I'll just find another way. And then we moved. My husband sold that business, and we moved to San Antonio, and that was the first time I lived in a town with a club. Hmm. And I started doing open mic, hmm. and they moved me up quickly. Yeah. And um, and I opened a lot for people, and they would put me on the um, late show where everybody was high on marijuana. Yeah. And I was talking about doo-doo balls on a t-ball field, and <laughs> yeah. everybody was high and drunk at midnight. You know, and I had to get up the next morning and take yeah. people to school. Yeah. So that was hard. But then I started driving back and forth to um, Cap City Comedy Club in Austin, and that oh. was such a great club. Yeah. And they believed in me and moved me from an opener to a headliner for the first time in their history, which was a terrible week. I was scared out of my mind. <laughs> but in all that, I just couldn't go and leave because my husband's an executive with yeah. a big company, and he traveled. Yeah. So somebody had raised, and I wanted to be home with the children. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So then I just, God put people in my life that lifted me up, and so I got the Southern Fried Chicks, and when yeah. that's when I was talking about Three women, it was after Blue Collar, and they were like, we need women to do this. So we had a um, guy out of Nashville that was old school and had booked the Judds and Garth Brooks early on, and he did not take no for an answer. And he put us in every nook and cranny all over the United States. And I, I worked on the weekends, and Chuck took care of the children during the week. Mm. And then um, I'd get a television deal for a sitcom. I've had several of those. And, 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 but in between those, there were times could not get arrested, couldn't get booked, but I would think, okay, maybe this isn't working. And then I'd get a television deal and I, yeah. Hollywood would be after me. And I'd think, okay, well I do have it. And then nothing, you know, they, it wouldn't make it. And then I'd go, I'd do churches, not a lot of churches. I haven't done a lot of, cause I didn't want to, I'm a believer, but I did not want to get in that space and be yeah. under that title i yes. just thought that's not a good thing from i think that's we not what worry i think like yeah i think we're the same and that you would always have that worry you just don't be i don't be labeled anything mm -mm. so i don't want to be labeled I southern either. i don't want to be labeled clean i don't want to label christian i, I just don't want to label yeah. and i just wanted to go out from there and so that's why yeah we do what we do yeah and i, I yeah so i didn't so I, i've done a lot of private corporate and i did so many clubs a year that Chuck knew he needed to be off and take care of the kids, and I did the same clubs um, that always brought me back. And they were good clubs, like Cap City Comedy Club. Yeah. Had a lot going on. Montreal, I got Montreal um, once. <laughs> I yeah. hope I get to go back. But, I mean, I always they always asked me to audition, and so I was always in the mix. Yeah. And it was enough to keep me going, you know. And then um, my children are all gone, and to me – this is I, this could not be any better timing. Yeah. What I thought it was going to be was when they were younger, and I think about if we had to move to L.A. and I had to raise these children in L.A., that wouldn't have been what yeah. I wanted. Yeah, yeah. And um, and then it, God knew better than I did. And then now they don't need me anymore. And I mean, I'm very close to my children, and they're over all the time, but they don't need me. Yeah. And I can go and do. And it's just so much sweeter and more wonderful than I even dreamed it would be. I never dreamed that I would have these big audiences in these theaters. Because the Southern Front Cheeks, we were out, and, and then three other ones tried Country Cool, me and Trish and little Karen Mills, and we were out doing everything we could, trying to sell tickets. And, you know, we, we did okay, but it was nothing was happening, you know, yeah. and you just try to throw something out there and see if it, Works, but anyway, then this happened to me, and it's 
unbelievable. And yeah. and talk about what happens. Like what happened to you? How did you go from here to here? Well, you know, I had social media, but I barely, you know, I'd put up something. You know, my kids, you know, just went to, um, I don't know. Wendy's. I just didn't. I, yeah, yeah. I really did not know what I was doing. And and people would say to me in the business, you need to work that social media. I'd be like, well, I don't want to <laughs> do it. I'm not going to do it. And then I I was watching you, and I was watching Jim Gaffigan, and I told my manager, I go, something, they are doing something. Somebody's doing their social media. And I think I need to do that. And at the, at the beginning, he said, that's too expensive, Lynn, and I don't think you should hire anybody. And I, so I kind of let it go. And then we started talking about it again. And I hired these two boys. I say boys, they're y'all's age and they're, they're darling. They've got children, but I think of them as like my children, my children. But they, I got them and hired them. And they got all my stuff, you know, that I had filmed. and Because I never put stuff like that up. I had never put clips. It was really stupid now that I think about it. I wasn't doing anything I was supposed to. Anyway, they um, put out a second clip. They started in October of 2019. And I was moving my youngest into school in New York. And we were in a hotel room. And they had put out, I think, I thought it was the first clip, but it may have been the second that they ever put out of me. And I had... It was about taking people, taking my husband to go see Def Leppard and Journey and old people at concerts. And I had never done that bit before. And we just happened to film that in Chattanooga at the Walker. And I had been to take Chuck to see Def Leppard and Journey. And I told that story, and I never told it before on stage. Somebody got it on film. These boys released it, put on the graphics, old people going to concerts. And that must have grabbed people. Mm. And and I noticed when we were in that hotel room in Manhattan, I thought I said something. I said to my family, something's happening. I could feel it. I could yeah. physically feel it. People were sharing thousands of shares, and it was just going up, up, up millions. And I said something's happening, and they all went, "Shut up, get that luggage, and let's get in the Uber." I mean, <laughs> nobody cared. <laughs> yeah, I think all my life, my children. I think they think I'm funny, and my my husband. Has I has been very supportive of my career, but I think they've kind of thought, "Oh, kooky mom, yeah, <laughs> kooky mom, trying to be a comedian." <laughs> and when I said uh, something's happening, they were like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, we got to go and get her in this dorm room." And um, and I, but I felt it. I knew it was happening, and it was um, I knew it was supernatural. I know I say that, and I don't mean to say that other people can't do it. Like you've got to be touched by God. I don't want it to sound like it has to be that. You know. But I know that it was it was something beyond anything I could have done. I mean, yeah. I just know it was. I thought that, that clip at that time, and people started sharing it. Well, then they started looking, what else does she do? So they started looking up. I'd done a dry bar. Yeah. And, and I had done this dry bar special, and I remember I, this is how my career was going. Dry bar, nobody knew about dry bar. My manager said, there's this thing that the Mormon people are putting on <laughs> in Salt Lake City. And he said, I don't think it'll hurt you. Yeah. <laughs> he goes, let's, let's, go, let's do it. I don't think anybody will ever see it. Yeah. He said, you've already, you're going to be in Omaha. Um, where was I going? Dubuque. You're going to yeah. be in Dubuque, Iowa, doing the Chamber of Commerce luncheon. Yeah. That's how my career was going. I was. He goes, you're going to be in Dubuque doing that luncheon, yeah. which my friend Barry always hired me to do that. 
and I don't want to, I'm not saying anything because they're darling, mm -hmm. but I did that luncheon. They all, because it snows there all the time, they just drink alcohol all the time. And so they had um, alcohol at that luncheon. And I'm not a big drinker, but I had not eaten. I drank a mimosa. <laughs> I got buzzed and had to go sit on the toilet <laughs> and put both of my feet on the toilet. And I was holding on in, the, in that, because the room starts spinning, like when you're in college. And um, and then I had to get up and do that show at the Dubuque luncheon. Anyway, did that Chamber of Commerce? Then I fly to uh, Salt Lake City to do that for Dry Bar, and my I had gotten a spray tan, and I don't know why I took a shower, and all that spray tan came off right here, <laughs> and the rest of me was just like a, yeah. like a pumpkin, bad spray tan, and I had um, a, a necklace on from the loft that I thought I'll wear this choker and be cute. I had a thyroid nodule that had poked out, and that that choker got cocked up on that <laughs> nodule. I can't even watch that special. I wore I wore a cuff, a big cuff in a jean that really cut my leg off, really did. Yeah. Looked terrible, and um and I was I had not done that material. He goes, just do some old material. You'll get a clip from it. You'll never see these people again. And that's yeah. how he well, he said it to me, and I yeah. go, okay. I did this old material I could barely remember. And but darn, if that didn't get millions and millions of views. But I think that was because um, there were very few women in it, and I was at the beginning, and and Dry Bar was new, and it was just going like gangbusters. Yeah, yeah. And they and so that that had millions of views. It got me fans, but that didn't do. That was about a year when I until I hired these boys, and when I hired these boys, that changed my life. Yeah. And and they say it didn't. Well, Liam, you did it. We didn't. I mean, we just helped you get there. But I think that I have an audience that is underserved. I think nobody, not that that Hollywood doesn't care, but Hollywood doesn't understand. Yeah. And and they are everyday people out here in the United States that are darling. Yeah. And I hit a niche. And I think once they saw the Def Leppard one, because a lot of men like that. Mm -hmm. And then um, they started sharing that, and then they went and watched Dry Bar. And those numbers went up. And then they started looking for, you know, if you became a fan of mine, started looking for everything I'd done. And I had a podcast, Sweaty and Pissed, and then a pause and more. <laughs> I'd say it again. <laughs> and that had like, you know, I don't know what's the good, but like 25,000 downloads, of, you know, of episode. And we had Reese Witherspoon shared it. And, oh, wow. Awesome. Um, yeah, and that was a niche because that's medical and entertainment. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so that that started growing. And people that's a market that. no one's going after. <laughs> the medical entertainment market. John reaps testosterone. Yeah. You might want to hear about testosterone and a little humor. Menopause and yeah. a good time, but um, <laughs> yeah. but anyway, that's what happened, and it was crazy. So I've been I've been doing this for a long time, and in my mind, what I thought I thought I'd be a sitcom star. Yeah, from the time I was five, I thought I'm going to be on television, and this is what's going to happen. And I and you know I've had wonderful writers, and I've had wonderful deals, and all that, but they just didn't make it. You know, it's like winning the lottery, yeah. getting something on TV. They, well, they say it's hard. Uh, there was a saying, Nick, Nick's wife. I can't remember exactly what she said. It's like the idea of like it's. She said it once. She has a hard time remembering it. I'm always like, remember it. Her name's Till, and I was like, Till, just remember it because I loved it so much. But it was like <clears throat> it's. I mean, it's impossible. Uh, it's some. It's like it's. It's like uh, something like it's impossible to even get a script sold 
And then uh, it's even more impossible to get it to shoot a pilot and even in like almost non-existent impossible or something. It was not like those words, but it's like mm-hmm. the idea of it was yeah. like everyone was to even get it to even get them to pay you to write a script mm-hmm. is insane. Mm-hmm. It's insane. I mean, there's looking at so many scripts, the fact that you get to that and that feels like nothing because they say no to it. You don't get that pilot Well, you're like, you're in just, I mean, it's a tiny group that you're in. And then did you shoot a pilot? 10 of them. I mean, they might buy 10 scripts out of a hundred, 200, like at the, you know, it's insane to be in that. And then, you know, to get, and then get that and then get past and get the show made is, yeah. Well, I was talking to Fortune Themes where I was on her podcast, and she said, Lynn, I had, um, I think it was ABC, Tina Fey was her executive producer, Annie Potts played her mother, <clears throat> and she said, and it didn't make it. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you think about, and all that she's got going on, mm-hmm. right. you know? You got to create something that you, it's about you. And I, I think I'm learning it now is more like, you know, something that I never took advice of when when selling a show. Uh you know, and I mean, in some, like, we didn't, like, it's just like, in some ways we've had similar, like, you know, I've, I've had a bunch of the TV deals and all that kind of stuff, and none of them really go, and, like, you just keep plowing ahead. Uh, but they're, it's, it's so when you create a show, it's like, they'd always say, write the show that you want, and then if it doesn't go, you can at least walk away and go, well, I wrote what I wanted, and y'all didn't want it, and that's okay. Instead of writing the show that you think they want, mm-hmm. that's what you can't do. Because you you because what they want changes on a dime. If they want, you know, everybody loves Raymond, but then the next day the office is got the most views of all time. Well, now they don't want everybody loves Raymond. They will give us the office. And so if you took six months to write Everybody Loves Raymond, because Everybody Loves Raymond is the biggest show on earth, and then the day you turn it in, the office becomes the biggest show on earth. Now your script is pointless. Because then they go, well, I want that thing now. And mm-hmm. this is that old thing. Mm-hmm. Even if Everybody Loves does good, they don't care. Like, mm-hmm. And it's, you know, I, we could all be like, we're all like that in a little bit. And the fact that you kind of just, the new thing kind of grabs you and you want that. And so you got to like, it's eventually, it's like write the thing that you want to do. And mm-hmm. then that's, you know, and that's where you get, you get held. I mean, I, I agree with you. We're talking about feeling something too. Like, I understand that. You feel, it's just. I know what you mean. Like it's, uh, you always feel like you're getting prepared. Like I, I feel like I'm getting very told to be prepared. Like it's like there's a preparation that you're. You don't know. You're like you're just kind of getting everything in order, and you're like, you just feel like it stuff's a lot more than it used to be, and it's, uh, it's just different, and it's different than it's ever been, mm-hmm. and it's you know you don't take it for granted. You're always like grateful. You try to always remind yourself that kind of stuff, but like, that's what you're going through, and it's happening. And but that's why your rise is it's that's why it's so great because the people that you're talking about it's not a niche it's every single person on earth it's not even just America it's earth it's all of the people on earth except like everybody's just families that's what they are it doesn't matter where you go it's a family you're sitting you know most people are sitting there with their family they're the ones wanting to watch this stuff they're the people that don't get a show or something kind of built around them. You know, it's built around this other thing or this. Sometimes it's like, you know, I got to watch these like, like, uh, or what's that vampire movie, Twilight? That was mm-hmm. huge, right? Like, you, they're making stuff, and that's a huge thing, but you're like, that no one's, no parents are watching that or no, that's not made for them. 
And so sometimes they Hollywood wants young, and so they go young, and then they want to make stuff even more young. When you're like, well, that's not young's not watching you. It's my age is watching you. It's thirty year olds, forty year olds, fifty year olds. They're the ones watching you. They're the fifty year olds. They're talking about ads. They're the ones that got money. Uh-huh. They're the ones buying this stuff. The ads. The twenty year olds not buying this stuff. A fifty year old is. And so that niche is just a huge, and that's where your success. Watch why it blew up. If you were a niche, you wouldn't have blown up the way you blew up. It, it's it you blew up big because it related to everybody. Well, thank you, my darling. And I I guess you're right because when I had my first deal with ABC, I uh, I went out to LA and they wanted me to do a a showcase at La Laugh Factory. And this is before we sold it to ABC, but they had NBC. Back then, it wasn't streaming, so it was ABC, NBC, CBS, mm. and Fox came out to watch me. And we walk up to the Laugh Factory, and my producer said, at Warner Brothers said, oh, that's odd. It's They're calling this Sultan of Comedy Night. And he goes, what does that mean? And I thought, Sultan. And my kids were little, and I thought, Oh, that's that uh, Disney show on the magic carpet. What is um, Aladdin? Aladdin, Sultan. I, yeah. I said, is it something to do with Aladdin? <laughs> yeah. And they and come to find out it was Middle Eastern night. <laughs> <laughs> and they had me in a lineup yeah. with Gilda the Mean Turk, Peter the Persian, <laughs> Basil the Armenian, and Aladdin. Yeah. <laughs> and Aladdin. Yeah. And um, and they gave me twenty minutes. And you know, sweet Middle Eastern people, I don't think they get a lot of time. Yeah. So they were pissed. Uh-huh. And um, they, and I remember somebody keeping giving me the light, and I wanted to say they've given me twenty minutes. I'm doing a showcase for all these networks, but um, but I got I was scared out of my mind. I thought I was going to die, and I got up and I talked. I did my act, and and they and it went well. And then that night, my producer said, "Lynn, I have figured it out. You, people want to say you're a southern comedian, but you're not. They this I know you got a thick accent, yeah, but these Middle Eastern women." Or trying to find blue jeans to fit over their stomach. These middle-aged women are having to prostitute themselves to their husband for money. Every, <laughs> what you talk about is universal. Yeah, yeah. And and that was a big time in my career when I when he said that to me because I I did feel that way, and I felt that way this whole time. Even to, in twenty two years, I felt confident, and I thought I know I've got something. I know I've got something. I know I can do this. But when it happens to you. I think this is normal to go through like an imposter thing, like mm. imposter syndrome. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and that's so why I've been listening to podcasts and people talking about going through imposter syndrome because I was trying to figure that out. Yeah, because I, I did. I felt like, oh no, I'm not worthy. I, how is this happening to me? Because I do know so many talented people in this business, and and I've worked with so many talented people, and this won't happen for them. Mm. You know, it doesn't happen for everybody, and so I have you and Nate. I've, you've heard me say this before. Y'all all have a lot in common. You're you're positive in in your comedy in the sense that you're both from the South, clean, but you don't put down the South. You're proud of where you come from. You say things even in a sarcastic way in a positive manner. You you both love your spouse. You make fun of them, but you talk about how you you love your spouse, and that resonates with people. It's not mm-hmm. so dark. It's not so negative. It's not talking about right. just very depressing topics. Yeah. It's uh it's it's for families, like you said. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it's, I mean, look, that's why Ted Lasso did so good because it was a positive, you know, kind of thing. And it was, and that's what I think people want. And you were lucky to be in a time that I think that's, uh, 
it can be at times hard to find. And so we're lucky that we're, to, we're getting mm-hmm. to get, be grateful enough to get to take advantage of this time. Mm-hmm. But you do always feel that, like that imposter feeling. And that, I mean, that's, you do feel like it's not happening to you. And I, I think you want it to, I think you want to not feel like it's happening to you. You want it to be, you know, you got to look at it like you're the vessel. It's not you. It's like, it's not about you. It's not about my accomplishments or my, it's about what you're giving to somebody or something. Or I think like the, the, it's easier to think of it like that. Maybe that's the case. It's like, you don't want to, you know, you don't want to, you know, cause you can like, it's weird to, you do sometimes you're murdering and you're up there and you're like, man, I'm like, maybe I'm a great comedian Mm -hmm. and that pops in your head. And then you're, but I'm like, I don't want that thought in there you're not supposed to be here. Like, that's not what this is about. And you try to get that thought out. Cause it's like, I, that's a bad, I don't, I don't think it's a road that you can, no one can handle is to go down that road of being like, I'm, it's me and I'm, and you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's about, it's got to go out. It's got to, everything's got to go out. And like, you can't come in. And the end is what I think messes people up. Mm-hmm. And I think when people can't, cause you can't, then you can't live up to even your own standards that you think you're, cause you make them up to something. So you're like, I, well, how can I live up to what I think I'm supposed to, if I think this and you, and you think it, you don't not think it. I'm not, I think that stuff, that stuff pops in my head all the time. I think, you know, man, I'm doing really good. I feel like my act's different than anybody. I think I'm better than most comics. Out. Like you can, that stuff can pop in your head, but then you're like, but I've got to ground myself to be like, I'm not, I'm an idiot. I don't know how to read. I don't like, you know, I probably have type two diabetes, maybe three. <laughs> like there's all this stuff that you have that's like, why don't you calm it down a little bit and get yeah. back into reality and just be like, I'm happy that I'm going to do what I want. And I need to make sure that that audience is, and that's where it becomes about them. And it's like, you want to make sure that they have a good time and that they have fun and they mm-hmm. get to laugh and you get, the, and they get a break from their lives. And I, just like we need a break from lives. Just when I watch, Angel has fallen. I'm going through all the Gerard Butler movies, and he's giving oh, me a Oh yes, break. I've seen those. Yeah, they're great. They are. Oh they're yeah, fun. Mm-hmm. It's fun. You just mind your own business and watch <laughs> Gerard. So come to our shows or watch Gerard Butler. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's it. long story short. Buy tickets to me, Leanne, or Gerard. Anything Gerard, but if you're at least going to Gerard Butler or something. Uh, we will allow it. Well, and I think that if this had happened to me younger, when I was thinner and prettier, you know, because I was pretty cute. If this had happened, well, then, you're still very pretty. Thank so that's you, crazy. doll. Yeah. Thank you. But I look at pictures. Poor Brian has to film me going out on stage, and it just—it's like it's during the COVID. <laughs> it's just like big butt walking out, and it looks like you could put a cafeteria tray on the back of my butt. <laughs> And, and Is so that where I, you set the camera at? <laughs> <laughs> and so then he got to where he was just trying to get an elbow. He goes, well, what if I just do your arm? So if you notice it, in any of my videos, is just an arm out there because I thought, oh, my gosh, my breasts. Whose breasts are these? I mean, they're just like big feed sacks. Anyway. I, I do. You should start now doing just pictures of before everybody sits down. And you just go, can't wait to perform tonight. Just a picture of the seats. <laughs> yeah, we do a lot of that. But yeah, and I talked to John Christ about a lot of it too. And he'll, he's, you know, he worries like I do. You, you can't help but you want everybody to have a wonderful time. You worry, are they going to buy tickets? Are they going to love me? What is going to, you know, it's just pressure, it's hard but to it's not, sweet. Yeah, it's hard to not have that pressure. It's hard to think, am I... A, it's a, we don't get a gauge. There's not like a system. I know they're talking about like I'm on Gafkin's blueprint. 
Like, well, there can be a blueprint, but it doesn't mean I'm going to hit everything. Maybe the time he hit everything doesn't mean I might hit something faster. I might not hit something faster. I might do there's, you know, it's a different time. Like I look at like, what were you, we do look at like when he was 40, like was that mm-hmm. the hot pocket Hot pocket was like when he was 40. And so you look at that and now I'm 42 and then you're like, so you kind of look at stuff to be like, all right, we, but you're trying to gauge where am I? Am I selling? Who's doing, you know, you start looking at who's doing what, who's doing, we talked about today with some show being like, they were at this theater. I'm like, well, where am I at? Am I there? I think we're adding this. Like, mm-hmm. but you're trying to gauge to be like, all right, you, you want to see your success. Uh, and there's a competitiveness to it and you should have that or you won't have a drive. Uh, but you got to also like, you know, it's like, there's no real, it's hard to, we're in a business that there's no, there's not a system. There's not rules. There's not like, yeah, this is what happens. It happens. To yeah. Everybody. You go to medical school and then you yeah. become a doctor. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it can be, it doesn't matter how you get there. You're getting there. Whether it takes as I was not, I'm 19 years in, you're 22 years in, you know, it's like, it takes people a long time. It takes people, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it takes people no time and they become famous super quick. And sometimes you can have pockets. You could always have someone be jealous of your your whole career. You'd have someone be jealous of the whole your whole career. <laughs> Even when you thought no one was, there was someone that was probably like, "Well, why don't I get what she gets?" Mm-hmm. And so everybody's going to have that, and you always go, and that's when that's like you just got to always like be aware that you're thinking that I think, and then get back to you know the game plan of just being like just try to be better and better every day. Mm-hmm. And you're so, you're very tough minded too. I'll ask her like. Was it tough for you as a woman on the road doing these terrible, terrible gigs? And she'll say, no, everyone really always treated me great and everything. And then later she'll tell me some awful thing that some man said to her. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, Leanne, that's clearly because you're a woman. She's like, oh, well, I guess you're right. I just yeah. dealt with it. Yeah. So you don't let that get you down. You just roll with the punches. And- no, I mean, I feel like I've been treated well most of the time. You know, stuff happens. But, I, yeah, I'm pretty – I guess I am pretty tough. I'm a mom, you know. I'm – I've had three children. I've been been through about everything. And so, no, I've never felt, you know, like on Twitter, you know, people get to fighting and, you know, women are angry that are in comedy. And I've never felt that. I've always had people be great to me. I mean, there's been some incidences, but nothing that would bring me down. Well, you you don't think it's an overall thing? I, 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 yeah. I don't, but that's my experience. But maybe they, maybe I have a, Church lady vibe where nobody's going to say, I don't know. I haven't had many people be mean to me. Yeah. I haven't had hecklers uh, for the most part. I mean, I've had every once in a while, you know, somebody, a drunk woman will yell out C-section, but yeah. but for the most part, I mean, Brian and I just had somebody, I don't even know if you call him a heckler. That was just a, I don't know, just a, a I, I don't even know, like a problem. Yeah. 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 But I I think people, I don't, I think I have a, a personality that people don't want to be mean to me or mess with me i just don't yeah, yeah. well it's, it's what you present and i think that's what back to like people not hating your audience you're your audience you wouldn't go yell at someone so no. why would they i wouldn't scream out why would someone people get drunk and they do stuff i've had that happen but it's it's not all the time it's uh you know and that's why when it happens that you don't feel i don't feel like i ever got to really be mean to them because you're like i don't think i think they were they're going to be embarrassed about this tomorrow and I hate that it's happening now, and I don't want it to ruin everybody's time, but it's not like we're all just sitting there going like, yeah, one of us has got a little too much to drink. We've all been, you know, mm-hmm. maybe you've all been there. You've done, you've doing something you regret, uh, and then you just get through it, and yeah. then you just move on. Yeah. And that's what you think. And that's and I think that comes off, and like that's where your audience would be like, yeah, we're you. 
and you're yeah. them. Yeah. And I've got my audience. I mean, it's like Aaron's mama. She ain't going to do something crazy. You know, they're right. precious people that mm-hmm. have raised a bunch of kids and they're just want to have a good time. I mean, they're darling. Mm. They are. I mean, and they're everywhere. And yeah. they're, and it's, they're I know, everywhere. I've said Everybody's it great. Yeah. 99, I was to say, I, I think it's 99% of humans on earth are the greatest people you ever meet in your life. I think so too. Say, like 1% is like the worst. <laughs> but like if you just started covering the pot, if you were like, yeah, you know what? Actually, everybody's pretty awesome. And then just talk talk about the awesomeness and quit bringing up the mean. You would be you'd be like, man, it's, it is a pretty crazy. We're you know riding with a pen, <laughs> riding in the big bangs and riding on this paper, <laughs> whatever. Like there's whatever. a lot of sweet people out there. I think there's more good than there is bad. Yo, I think oh, yeah, they're not even close. Mm-mm. And I, I think people want. Well, it I say ninety nine percent good. I mean, I don't even know. Like that's how high I go. I think everybody is. Yeah, I think everybody. I think people get talked into different stuff that they shouldn't be, and I don't think they would be talked into it. I think it's someone leading a lot of people into a wrong thing. It's very easy. I would be very influenced when I was younger. It's very easy to get like kind of swayed into something that you don't think you should be in. Uh, but I always think everybody like you could you, if you got them alone. I just think they would be wonderful, yeah. and it's like they just get kind of wrapped up in the wrong kind of thing, and it's hard to get out of that sometimes. And so, you know, but overall, yeah, everybody wants to have a good time. Everybody wants to have fun. Everybody likes jokes being made. Like, everybody's, like, trying to live their life, doing stuff. And if somebody needs help, they go help, I think. They go help. Yeah, why? Yeah. 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 I mean, everybody wants to help. Yeah. This is I mean, America's got to be one of the more charitable countries in the world. I don't know if that's true or not, but. I would think so. uh, But that's what I, like, that's that's what my, it's all back to the cancer. Remember we are talking about, like, how they not solved cancer. (laughs) Like the, the, but you're giving so much money, you're giving trillions of dollars, and you're like, you know, I don't know, I don't know, I have anything to do with anything. <laughs> People often ask me, <laughs> uh, my charity rant, going, where are they putting this money at? <laughs> People often ask me, is her accent real, or is that just a character she does on stage? And I say, if anything, she dials it down when she's on stage. Yeah. <laughs> no, People say that to me. They go, is that real? And I'm thinking, do y'all think I really? I'm too tired. Yeah. To put this on. Yeah. You know, this is it. But I've had people say that to me. And I think, well, you've never been to Adams, Tennessee. Yeah. Where the Bell Witch is. Yeah. Yeah. Where we grow dark fire tobacco. Yeah. Because we all sound like things. So the Bell Witch, you, so then you grew up there. And how, and it was like, just like everybody talked about it. Were y'all annoyed that it was there? Yeah. We were annoyed. And if there was like a, um, Fourth of July picnic in the town, mm. in the little it's little bitty town behind Bell School, oh, is yeah. where they would have the barbecue and all of that, and there would be a square dance late at night, and all my family danced in it, and I was really a good dancer, mm-hmm. um, uh, with my uncle Roy, uh, who was on the Grand Ole Opry, Louisiana Hayride with uh, Hank Williams Senior. Yeah, so we really, I mean, are some good dancers. I mean that. Yeah. Okay, so. Nate, um, Nate didn't believe you, but. Yeah, yeah but there was Well, a, you know what made me think about that? Like, you know what I'm talking about? Like, thinking about yourself. Uh, you don't want to think about yourself now. It's like the way you talk about yourself being a good dancer. Everybody does that. Everybody talks about, when I, when I was little, I was just this cute little thing. I did the dance. And it's a positive way. That's what, almost the way you got to think about your life now is like that. 
That's all. That's what I thought of when you said that. It's like that because and no one ever thinks that. That's what you said. Is everybody would say that, and it's a very sweet thing. Well, I was not a bad little basketball player back in the day. You know, it's like that's almost how you got to think of yourself now. I think is like you got to think. Well, I'm doing all right. It's pretty good. Yeah. You know, like you almost like even though it's in the present a little bit, but it's like you know, it's always like you think picturing someone else. I don't know. That might not be true at all. <laughs> so don't listen to anything <laughs> I said. But that's what I thought of when you said that. Yeah. Well, at the Bell Winch, when they when they would have the Fourth of July picnic, they had all these festivities throughout the day, and right in the middle of it would be a coffin <laughs> with a dummy in it, and they would say that's Kate Batts, and that's the Bell Witch. And as a little child, it ruined things for us. <laughs> oh, yeah. gosh, you know, yeah. we'd there'd be a talent show, there'd be you know all kinds of festivities going on through, through the day, and then they'd put a, and it looked real. And I would have my grandmother have to give me a bunch of tums. Because my stomach would get upset, yeah, and I'd yeah. think, oh, my God, there's a witch. Yeah. I mean, so it was, to me, it was scary, and it was, and I always had these cousins that were a nightmare, and they would go, oh, she's in here. And we've said her name 12 times, and we've turned around, and she's in the in the mirror. Yeah. And I'd be like, what? And I didn't want all that. I don't like stuff like that. Yeah. And my little bitty Methodist church across the road was a um, cemetery with the Bell family in it. So these boys from Vanderbilt, fraternity, football team, whoever, trying to haze somebody, would bring them down, put them in that cemetery. They would get so scared, they'd come and beat the windows out of the Methodist church. And my little pastor would say, they beat the windows out again, and the, we're going to have to take up money to <laughs> put these windows back in here. Yeah. Oh. And then there's a cave. I've never been to the cave. Yeah. Why don't y'all just leave the door unlocked? <laughs> We've left our door unlocked for. I know, but why didn't y'all just leave the door unlocked at the church? Oh, I know. You're right. Let's just they, let people come in. So when he takes up the offering. You're right. I know, when he takes the offering, it's a church. <laughs> and so when he takes up the offering, uh, you should have just wrote a note. You go, I'm not going to give you money, but I think I'm going to save us all money. <laughs> and you go, just read that note. Like, Let's just leave the door unlocked. We're not even locking our doors at our houses. Like, let them we go didn't. Yeah. We didn't. Yeah. You're right. My mom and daddy. Uh, okay. But, um, but yeah, that it was not, um, I didn't enjoy it, but I've always been scared of demons, you know? Yeah. I don't like to bring demons into my, somebody asked me on a something the other day about the Bill Witch, and they said, did you have seances when you were little? I was like, no, mm-hmm. I don't yeah. like, I don't like demon stuff. Yeah, Even I don't though think I've, most people did have seances. I don't, whoever asked you that is kind of crazy. <laughs> Freaky little woman. Maybe like a Ouija yeah. board, that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, a Ouija, and people had Ouija, my cousin's dead. Yeah. Is it a cave? There's a cave. It's right there on the road? It says temporary close. Is that because he died? He died, yeah. And yeah, I don't know what his it, children right? are going to do. Did you but know yeah, him? they find stuff. No, my family does. Yeah. Would you say they find yeah. stuff? They find bones and, um, like, you know, from animals and Native American. I think they found some Native American bones in there. Mm. Oh, my God. Remains. I've never been in it because I don't like demon stuff. But, you know, the, whoever's owned it mm-hmm. through the past, there was a little old man that owned it when I was growing up, and he didn't want people to come on the on, into the cave, and uh-huh. he would yell at people and run them off, which is crazy, because he could have had an income from yeah. that. Yeah. It's never been utilized like it should be because people, honest to goodness, come from all over the world to yeah. see the Bell Winch. Yeah. yeah. And we ju- we're just not, we don't have the infrastructure. <laughs> <laughs> There's one little man named Tim Henson, and he's got the museum up at the Bell School. And he's got a lot of stuff. And there's some lot, a lot of weird old photos that look freaky. And yeah. um, and they're in the Red River Boys were boys that I went to high school with that tried to make it in the music industry, and they did all right. 
and he's got huge posters of them. And then there's one tiny picture of me. And my dad gets so mad and he goes, uh, you're really the only one that's got anything going on. You got more going on than the Bell Witch. Yeah. yeah. And why wouldn't he have that up there? Yeah. But I've, I've thought about maybe doing a limited podcast series on the Bell Witch. Oh, yeah. oh man. That'd be amazing. And be digging great. into it. But I had a... um. High school history teacher that's no longer with us. He was from heaven. His name was Mr. Mantooth, and he was so interesting and a wonderful history but he was teacher. From heaven? Or he went to heaven? He went to heaven. Oh, but he was darling and did. from heaven. Yeah. Oh. yeah, he was from there and there now. Yeah. But uh, Mr. Mantooth, and he was a wonderful history teacher and would tell us, he was the kind of history teacher that would tell you all the interesting stuff behind just the, you know, you didn't just spit out, bring in information and spit right. it out. He'd tell you stuff like how they tortured people by putting their eyelids in with toothpicks and made horses run at them. You know, fun stuff. So anyway, <laughs> not just like facts, but like, oh, yeah, well, everybody was pregnant on the boat coming over on the um, Mayflower because they didn't have anything else to do but eat. Huh. And so there was a lot of unwed mothers. There was a lot of young girls that were pregnant on the Mayflower. Never you know thought about that, no. Yeah, they were Anyway, <laughs> um, he would tell us about the Bell Witch, and I wish that I'd listened, but I was probably flirting with people. But um, but he would tell us stuff about really what went on with the Bell Witch. Do y'all want to hear it? Yeah, yeah. He says that there was a man that came through Adams that was a genius and a ventriloquist and could throw his voice and was a mathematician and very brilliant, and that he fell in love with Lucy Bell, the daughter. And she did not like him back. She did not reciprocate that. And so he's the one that threw his voice when they thought they heard voices in the, and Andrew, was it Andrew Jackson or Andrew Johnson? Jackson. Jackson came to um, investigate and the wagon wheels locked up and he had to turn around. It was that man who was throwing his voice and doing all that. And he's the one that poisoned John Bell and killed him. Oh my gosh. So he was like a sociopath. Yeah, yeah. Came through and was trying to woo Lucy. and um, She wasn't having it. She wasn't having it, and that he was—he had all of these talents and could do freaky stuff to people. <laughs> yeah. Is what my sweet Mister Mantu thought it was. Now other people think that Kate Bats was the woman in the town that was crazy, and that she died and she came back and haunted people. Yeah. She was the dummy in the at everything we ever did. There would be a dummy, and they go, "That's Kate Bats." Ruined everything. Why was Think she, about it. Yeah. Being nine years old, yeah. being like, you're in somebody's dead body. It really wasn't, you know, but, yeah. oh, horrible. And what if Kate Batch is like just a nice lady? That She may have been. Yeah. Maybe but she But John had, Bell did die. John, he was poisoned. He was poisoned and murdered. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, there's been several movies about it. Did y'all talk about that? Mm -mm. No. Sissy Spacek and Donald Sutherland did the last one. Oh wow! Yeah, it was that was American American haunted American haunting. Yeah. Oh, Tommy yeah. Lee Jones was in it, right? Was he? I, maybe, maybe I watched wrong. it, but I can't. It's remember. about the Bell Witch. It's about the Bell Witch. And Is then it good. Do they call it the Bell Witch, or they just base it off of that? Uh, I thought that was based on the Bell Witch. Yeah, I think they may be based. I don't know in the movie if they call her oh, the Bell they Witch, call, call, her call the him Bell John Witch. Bell, and all that. Hmm. But I had a good friend that I grew up with, and he lived in the big house that was built on that land, and they had a black dog. She came, they said that the witch came in the, um, in the, uh, form, in other forms, yeah, of like a black crow, a black dog, and there was a black dog that would always come up on their property and had a bullet hole in his head, and you could see the bullet, 
And um, they said that was the bell witch, that she that dog lived way too long yeah. <laughs> with a bullet hole. Yeah. And they heard stuff and stuff. His mom had a lot of antiques. She had a Vitrola. Is that how you say it? I the so. record player. And it would start playing. <sighs> and they would hear people going up steps and all that. I did not. I did not. Bring demons into my life. Yeah. I think you can. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And I don't I don't like all that stuff. So I never I had some cousins who dug that all that and tried to bring it, but I don't I don't like that. Yeah. I don't yeah. like that stuff. But it could be. You could be thinking about it like if you want it, if you want it, it's like it could be there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh and then yeah, that's crazy then. I mean, yeah, you could be. I mean, so many people it is true, so many people around the world go. Want to know about the Bell the Bell Witch is is it the most famous witch? Most famous ghost, yeah. I mean she's really a ghost, right? Yeah. They call her Bell Witch, but um but uh Spirit. Spirit. Yeah, yeah mm -hmm. spirit. Yeah. Yeah. An American haunting of the Bell Witch. Is that yeah, is it good? I don't I can't remember. Is it on um it was, I can't remember. I saw it, but you're right, it was Donald Sutherland, not Tommy Lee Jones. Is it got a good ratings? I might watch it tonight. You know, you know, Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, fourteen percent on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> Ooh. All right, maybe I'll give it a nice breeze through. Murder. Or maybe I got enough from you, and I don't need to go watch it. Oh my gosh, that is bad. There was one made in Pigeon Forge, and I'm scared to even say this because that man, I've said before that it was bad, and he came after me. But the reason why it was bad is that. It was not. It was set in East Tennessee in a holler. Yeah. Well, in Middle Tennessee, we don't have hollers, and they were doing an apple harvesting, mm -hmm. and we grow dark fire tobacco, and that's what we're known for in Middle Tennessee, and especially in Adams, and that's why the Bell family lived there, and they were very prominent. Adams was going to be the um, the capital of Tennessee, and because of the rich farmland, but then they decided on Nashville. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. this they made this. That's why your family moved there because you were like, oh, yeah. we'll get a head start. And then they go, we're moving it. <laughs> and you go, dead gum it. <laughs> we'll give y'all a witch, though. Yeah. But they, um, but that they did a movie up in Pigeon Forge, and it was nothing was accurate. And I, and I guess it wasn't supposed to be historically accurate, but it the story itself, it was. Bad act. It was like, hello, I am the Bell Witch. You know, that kind of like, and I and I just said that on the local radio in Knoxville, uh -huh. and uh, yeah, and he was like, you don't understand what art is. Yeah. Hey, boo boo. Mm. Hey, boo boo. Uh, hey, right. my darling. Uh, this is a little bit longer one. This is good. Yeah, we had fun. Yeah. This is our... Did y'all really? Oh, yeah. 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 I've had fun. I don't think the audience did, but we did. <laughs> and they... No, it was great. Yeah. Oh, was, you yeah. angel. Yeah. This is uh, in our last episode of We're the going, year. This is our last episode of the year. We're going to title it Bell Witch because then we barely talk about Bell <laughs> <laughs> Uh It's our last... Yeah. Our, our final episode of the year is uh, today. Wow. It's you. I got oh, some 20, wow. 2022 predictions. Can I make? Oh, Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, this is the big one. Yeah. yeah. I got one for you. You're going to put out a special in 2022. Oh. That's mine for you. I'll make sure that I don't have a thyroid nodule. I'll really watch my gluten. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, you Brian Bates. I'm like the Wizard of Oz. I'm just giving out gifts. Yeah. You're going to do a late night set. Oh, okay. special. That Fallon. sounds good. That's good. Mm -hmm. I got two for you. What is yours going to be? 
I'm gonna have a baby, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm gonna help raise it. The the back to the the probably the most accomplished, yeah, or what sure. is this the most that, the most unlikely? A couple yeah, months ago, yeah, if you just yeah, said it, yeah. Uh, you're gonna play Augusta. Yeah, I'm gonna say that you'll finally play the probably the nicest golf course in America, right? Yeah, and you'll meet you're gonna meet Jerry Seinfeld and get to know him and. Have his number and become friends with him. Oh that'd man, be, that was a big. How exciting <laughs> would that be? Um, I don't really know him, so not that exciting. <laughs> that, Harper's that not exciting. impressed. That would be. Those are two good ones. Yeah, yeah. I like it. Yeah. All your I'm ones for this year were correct, right? Or maybe it's the. I can't remember what they were. What was it for you? I don't know. You got mm-hmm. oh, you got married, which I, I think you're already engaged. So that's yeah, pretty yeah. Easy. and you uh, did just for laughs. Yeah, New, yeah. new faces, Montreal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you got that one. Yeah. Did I, so it's looking good. I don't remember. Yeah. What would you remember what it was for him? No. Sorry. Okay. She has one for Bob Ripple Pants. <laughs> Your name will be more popular that more people will be calling you that. Bob Ripple Pants. Ooh, well, <laughs> that's, that's a good, good that's prediction. That's a good prediction. <laughs> more people will know who Bob Ripple Pants is. <laughs> it's well on its way. Yeah. Uh I like them. Awesome. Yeah. I think yeah, you, will be I, I think this next year will be your biggest year. Well, 2021 was my biggest year. Know, so. so it will be, 2022 will be well, your thank biggest you. I hope so. on your own headlining, For sure. your own world. Uh, it'll be a good thing, make $200. That's what you should be paying. Them. <laughs> <laughs> we clarified that. <laughs> Brian yeah. will do any show. The offers are still coming in. <laughs> yeah. 150 bucks uh, per two hours. <laughs> Not even an hour. It's more than No. Uh, everybody, we love you. Uh, we hope all of you have a wonderful, uh, new year. We can't wait to see you next year. Uh, as always, you're the only reason we're here. So thank you for everything and we will see you, uh, next time. All right. Bye. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the Nate Land Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to our show on iTunes, Spotify, you know, wherever you listen to your podcast. And please remember to leave us a rating or a comment. Nate Land is produced by me, Nate Bargetzi, and my wife, Laura, on the All Things Comedy Network. Recording and editing for the show is done by Genovations Consulting in partnership with Center Street Media. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to catch us next week on the Nate Land Podcast. So you've reached the age of zero energy, zero sex drive, and zero weight loss, and you wake up every morning with aches and pains. You're not alone. There is help with Nava Health. Nava Health's technology-driven approach goes beyond symptoms to find the root cause. Nava medical experts will create a customized plan to help you feel your best at every age. Visit navacenter.com forward slash POD to learn more or call 855-680-6282 today. Don't put off feeling as good as you can. Call 855-680-6282. Results may vary.